Huddenfield was a peaceful town. And then one Halloween night many years ago, all of that was lost. Michael Myers was pure evil. He took our dreams and turned them into nightmares. As he was locked away in his prison, I disappeared into mine. And then as I predicted, 40 years later he escaped and Haddonfield was once again forced to confront this man in a mask. This senseless brutality ravaged my community and killed my daughter. And then he vanished. Impossible? Truth would evolve into legend as people searched for motive and meaning, looking in the shadows for their boogeyman. In the years that followed, the people of Haddonfield descended into a plague of grief, blame, paranoia. The suffering Michael caused became an infection, passing on to people who never even crossed his path. And as the town turned in on itself, I made a promise not to let fear rule my life anymore. I bought a home, a place to live with love and trust, not a trap, not a place to hide. It has been four years since I last saw my monster. So here I am, a survivor attempting to share my story and find healing. Michael Myers was the personification of evil. It's up to each of us whether or not we lock the door and find our resolve or let him inside. episode of the Movie Clinic Podcast. I'm David and this is my wife. 
Sherry. And on this episode, we'll be covering the movie Halloween Ends from 2022. Now, um, I guess to begin with here, I'm going to do a little bit of behind the scenes on this one. We are recording this the Sunday after the film is premiered. Of course, you know, our background on this is we watched it at the same time on Peacock on Friday night and, you know, did a couple of other viewings before this recording. I guess we wanted to try to get this one in the can and get it out before uh, Halloween or on Halloween, if at all possible. Yeah, this is the first month in our two years that we were going to drop three in one month. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's very true. We could not drop this one, so. Yeah, um, I think our originally... I don't think we talked about doing this one, but I think after we watched it, that was around time. Like, okay, maybe we ought to do one on this. I was very interested in doing this when Sherry mentioned it, particularly after... I try to avoid reviews before we do these episodes, Mm -hmm. particularly on this one, but I could not help (laughs) myself last night when I was at work, and I noticed some of these dare I say, scathing (laughs) reviews of this movie. (laughs) Uh, They weren't very in-depth reviews, but basically the movie was trash. It was garbage. It was, you know, the worst Halloween movie ever. You know, this, this, you know, these, uh, you know, great uh, reviews. And I kind of thought, I really want to do this one now, even Mm -hmm. more so than I did before, because I think your take and my take are going to be very different than those reviews to Mm -hmm. not give anything away. But that's kind of where I'm coming from on this uh, episode. Did you want to add any kind of pre thing to this before we jump in or well, this, this, um, what do you call it? Franchise is 44 years old. Yes. So this is, this is exciting to come to this, you know, final end Yeah. and to be a part of it. Yeah, now you kind of looked at a little bit more of these reviews than I did. What did you think of them? I'm just curious before we jump into this. I saw the words hot garbage. Ah, I heard, I seen that one too, actually. I saw a lot of the the worst. It's worse than Halloween Kills. Which is funny because I liked Halloween Kills despite its problems. You know, I'm judgy. Yeah. Sometimes I always judge people by their usernames sometimes and I automatically discredit them. If it says big boy something or whatever, like I automatically don't care about your opinion. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's that's actually a good policy to have, actually. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. So that's your, your, your thing going in. I was looking forward to this. I was really excited to, you know, see this and see, I mean, there's been so many movies just to see what they do in the final. To wrap this story up. To wrap it up. Yeah. To wrap it up. Like I said, I mean, going into this movie, too, before we watched it, I had pretty much stayed away from any information on this movie. Outside of watching the trailer, I knew nothing. So I kind of went into this in some ways pretty cold. You don't have to be in them pages. You remember what happened to me about Han Solo? Oh, yeah, when uh, you found out. I was in an article reading about a school shooting in the middle of the freaking comments. Someone says Han Solo dies. Oh, yeah. I said, you motherfucker. Yeah. I didn't encounter any of that. Trolls. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. I don't know. I mean, it's just like I said, I just wanted to kind of put some context on where we're coming in on this and... I was excited. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was I was very interested myself to see how they wrap this story up. 
and we'll get into some of it maybe after in in our reviews and everything and mm -hmm. what we thought of how they wrapped it up and everything yeah. mm -hmm. but i will uh say this too it's not going to be there i don't hear uh, you won't hear hot garbage come out of our mouths mm -hmm. Or anything like that because I think our takes are going to be very different on this and probably very controversial takes by comparison of a lot of the Halloween fans out there. Yeah. I mean, nobody's ever really that's listened to our podcast is being mean to us. Yeah. They, they say we're we're fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if that's code for shut the fuck up. I don't no, know. No. But... I mean, most of the comments that we've got in other groups of people who've listened, you know, particularly on Halloween kills. I remember mm -hmm. there was a lot, I posted that in some Halloween groups. They said you were very fair to it. You're more forgiving of it than a lot of people were. <laughs> you know, I've watched slasher films since I was a little kid. So mm -hmm. to me, it fit the bill for slasher films, you know? So, you know, was the film perfect? No, but no. what movie is. And also I want to throw this out here. Of course, this will still be a pretty new movie at the time we drop this. Yes. So we're going to have spoilers galore yes. in this. So if you haven't seen it, yeah. turn us off. Oh, yeah, turn us off now. We'll spoil the hell out of it. Come back after yeah. you've had a look at it. Or unless you're one of these people who don't care about spoilers, yeah. then, then uh, feel free to jump on forward. Because maybe you're new to our podcast, but we go through scene by scene. Yeah, we're going to take a look at this movie scene by scene. You know, point out any observations we have as we go here. But I guess uh, if you don't have any more to say, okay. uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to drop the trailer and then we'll come back with the cast and crew and the plot synopsis. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. you moved on but you're actually just obsessed with death what are you gonna do when michael comes back for you because he is coming but this time something feels different he's more dangerous Okay, uh, 
Halloween ends 2022. Uh, I guess we're we're gonna be covering some uh, familiar faces here for the most part from uh, the previous movies. Uh, we have uh, director David Gordon Green, of course, directed the previous two films in this uh, series: mm-hmm. uh, Pineapple Express, Your Highness, and The Sitter. And it was kind of interesting to me when I was really looking at some of his filmography. For the most part, he's done more comedies. I mean, that didn't really dawn on me till I was really looking looking him up. He's doing a Hellraiser TV series? Yeah, I think he's involved in that. Um, I don't know how far along that is, but I've and heard the that they're doing one. Exorcist. The next reboot that or, re, uh, or sequel they're doing is to The Exorcist. Yeah, I think he's involved in that in some capacity. And next, of course, we go to Jamie Lee Curtis uh, returning as Laurie Strode. And, of course, she was in... Uh, how many previous Halloween films? One, two, three, four. It's about six of them. And I think this will make seven all total she's appeared in, if my numbers are right. And uh, she was in the films Trading Places, Blue Steel, True Lies, and one of her favorite, air quotes, favorites, Virus, which she downright hates. <laughs> yeah, and she's made no bones about that. And next, uh, we have Andy Matichak. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. And she appeared, of course, in the previous two films as uh, Allison. She's been in films such as Assimilate, uh, one film called Sun, and another one called Foxhole. And next we have Rowan Campbell as Corey Cunningham. And most of his stuff seemed like it was TV. He appeared in shows such as I, Zombie, I think Sacred Lies, There's Virgin River, and The Hardy Boys. So, I mean, I think he did a little, couple little small film things, but for most part, his stuff looked like it was TV. Yeah, he's done a lot. He looks so familiar to me for some reason, but I, I don't know. I don't see anything on here that's ringing a bell. Yeah. Of course, we have returning from the previous film, Kylie Richards as Lindsay Wallace. Kyle? Is it Kyle Richards? Or Kyle Richards or Kylie? I've seen it written as both. It might be Kyle Richards. That's how I think everybody pronounces it. Okay. I mean, I wasn't sure. I've seen it spelled both ways, or maybe one of the ways was a misprint. I'm not really sure, because I thought that was odd myself. She, of course, appeared in the previous film and the original Halloween. She was in the movie The Car, uh, Watcher in the Woods, and Eaten Alive by director Toby Hooper. She's that one I think we talked about before. She's on that Real Housewives at mm-hmm. Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. As usually, people on there have no substance at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and what blew me away about it is she's a good actress. For what you know, for what little bit she has in here, she's mm-hmm. actually pretty good. I mean, I was actually surprised. Uh, one of the many surprises of this movie. And, uh, of course, the last one I have is another returning actor from the previous films, uh, Will Patton as uh, Hawkins. And he was in films such as No Way Out, Armageddon, November Man, and Gone in 60 Seconds. And he's just one of these great actors that, like I said, any movie he's in, he's going to give a good performance regardless of the quality of the film. Mm, So, I mean, I always enjoy seeing him pop up in anything. But uh, that's pretty much all the cast I have because I have to admit, one of the things that really surprised me before we jump into this is you know how like the previous film in particular and even the one before 
there was more of a bigger cast in this. There were people in this, but they just weren't. They weren't as prominent. Yeah, they just yeah. a couple lines here and there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this one was a little more of a intimate kind of story, I guess, in some yeah. ways. But that's really all I have for the cast. Is there anybody you wanted to point out? I don't or? know anybody of you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, that was what uh, kind of surprised me about this one, uh, about that. But like I said, I'm going to say this one more time before we get started. Spoiler alert, mm -hmm. we're going in. And if you haven't watched the film yet, which I feel most people who watch Halloween movies have probably already watched it. Yes. But for the just in case that you haven't, <laughs> there's going to be spoilers uh, all over the place as we're talking about this. So if you don't want to be spoiled, cut it off now, come back later on. But with that being said, I guess we're going to jump in. And uh, we jump in here. Of course, you know, we get the uh, uh, opening uh, title stuff. What I liked, it started with the audio, uh, maybe like a local radio station in Haddonfield. That is 94.9 The Urge. Yeah. And that shows over the Universal logo. And we go in and we are at, um, this is Halloween night, 2019. So this is a year later. This is a year after the previous events of the previous two movies. Yeah. Of course, you know, you have kids out trick-or-treating, you know, I guess the usual, I guess, you know, everybody kind of recovered fairly quick, I guess, from the previous year because there's no real, <laughs> you have no real fear, no real issues, obviously. You see a young guy kind of riding on a bike through the neighborhood. Rides his bike up to this kind of nice, nice house in the Mansion. neighborhood there. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a very, uh very big house the lady opens the door and she's dressed like a 1920s flapper yeah yeah i noticed that too she calls him Corey. yeah this a uh, kid that's coming in is named Corey. what it kind of sounds like is you know he was kind of called in on short notice because mm -hmm. their previous babysitter got sick or something or something happened and they have to go to his company's christmas uh, christmas halloween party yeah the kid's dad's in there kind of like tinkling around on a piano mm -hmm. in the other room. Yeah, and she keeps calling to him yeah. to come that Corey's there. And he just, he's more like, doesn't he say, I hope he's better at childcare than he is at yard work. Kind of taking little pot shots at his, uh, as his uh, I guess, gut, uh, cutting grass abilities there. I think Corey kind of leans into the room and says they should probably put out some perennials in their yard this spring like hydrangeas or something yeah i mean just a little bit you get from Corey just in this little bit is that he seems like he's a guy who is is very smart yeah he's he's nice yeah he's nice and he's kind of he's got very a good friendly looking yeah, he's, yeah yeah he's got a good head on his shoulders yeah. he seems like he's pretty kind of a, a rather intelligent guy the mom goes over to call Jeremy to come down. This is the little boy. I thought this part was funny because she asked him what college he's going to. And then she directly walks off and ignores that he's talking. Yeah, yeah. And she goes over to call Jeremy yeah, as the yeah, little boy. Yeah, yeah. She seems like she's interested but not really interested. Yeah, she just ignores that and just like even yeah. talks over him when he's still talking. I think he's talking about that he has applied for a few engineering yeah, program yeah, and that yeah. he's taking the year to save money. Yeah, yeah. So obviously he's not well off like they are. She's looking up at this long, this big stairwell staircase. It's like a circular staircase. It's, I don't know how many floors is in this um, this is It's a lot. It's very, yeah. yeah. This is a very big mansion that they live in here. She keeps calling for him and calling for him and nothing. 
And then all of a sudden, this little shit just runs out from up under uh, a stairway or in, uh, he's in another room and he has a, like a werewolf mask on and scares his mom. Did you think that werewolf head was huge? It was big on him. It's like, wow, you have a huge... <laughs> well, yeah, it was either that or it was supposed to be more of an adult mask and he was wearing it. I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Um, yeah, he's... I don't know how old this kid, about six or seven, eight. I'm going to say probably somewhere about eight or nine, roughly. Yeah, I would kind of go with that. Yeah, he scares the crap out of her. He seems, outside of that, pretty okay. They know. seem to have a, like, she's tickling him. She chases him in the living room. She's tickling and teasing him. Yeah. Corey walks in there and everything. And what is it? I think it's, this is the point where the mom calls uh, Corey out there. To, not yet. That's not Jeremy yet. throws a paper plane and hits Corey in the stomach that, there with you go, it. There you go. And Jeremy wants Corey to show him how to build, like, this larger plane. I can't remember the kind of plane it was. And I don't even know if he's talking about a paper plane or yeah. a model yeah, plane. Yeah, model I'm not plane. sure. Yeah. Corey says he's will. And, and the dad finally comes in the room as the mother pulls Corey aside to talk to him. There you go. There you go. She tells him since last year, Jeremy's been scared to sleep with the light off and he's wet in the bed. Yeah. He, it sounds like the kids kind of got traumatized by the bed. But she says something else that's interesting. She tells him that Jeremy talks in his sleep sometimes and says that he hears voices. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's very, uh, yeah, that was very odd to me, too. Yeah, she tells Corey that Jeremy needs to be in bed by, like, 8.30 to 8.45, and they kind of leave. Yeah, basically the basic babysitter thing, you know, to help yourself to whatever's in the fridge. I noticed the way that Corey stares at the mother in this scene is very interesting. And I think we'll get an explanation as the, we move through the movie. Oh, okay. About yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that. You know, and the parents leave. They say they'll be back probably roughly shortly after the time he's put to bed. And then we cut to uh, the living room where they are watching uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Which is funny because she told him, she told Corey, no more TV, no more candy. Yeah. And he's well, watching The Thing. Yeah, he's watching The Thing on TV. Which in the original movie, Lindsay and Tommy were watching the original version of the thing ah. on uh, TV. Back, uh, yeah, I think the yeah the Howard Hawks. Well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I call it the Howard Hawks version. Yeah, they are watching the uh, uh, John Carpenter version on TV. Jeremy looks scared. Yeah, he looks kind of wigged out about it. And Corey tells him to turn it off He's if he's scared. And Jeremy just says, I'm not scared that Corey's scared. Yeah. If you're scared. Yeah, you're scared. And... <laughs> And then they start talking about, like, Michael Myers. Corey tells Jeremy that he's 17 years old and he doesn't get scared. Yeah. Jeremy says that is because he he knows Michael Myers is still out there. Yeah. And Corey tells Jeremy, Michael's going to get him. And Jeremy says that's not going to, that he's not going to get him because he kills babysitters, not kids. Yeah. Yeah, well, and accurate in some ways. Then I think this is the point where we see... Him talking about, you know, turning the movie off because it is scaring him. And I think Corey's talking about, you know, playing like hide and seek or something before bed. Jeremy's like, I don't want to play that. That's stupid. Yeah, I know. But he doesn't want to pretend to be best friends with an ugly ass boy sitter. Yeah. Like, 
Jeremy's a little shit. Yeah, I know. That's when you kind of see that he's just a little asshole. He would have found himself hanging in a closet somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Corey just was like, okay, well, five more minutes and you're going to bed. And then Corey just goes to the kitchen to get something, I guess, you know, raid the fridge a little bit. But you can see, like, you, you know, you need to pay attention to Corey. This little boy, you know, most Kids are annoying, but, like, if you're older, you just shake it off and say, whatever, you little shit. Mm-hmm. Corey seems really angry. He's getting he's getting under his skin a lot. Well, and but he is uh, wise in that he just walks off from mm-hmm. it. Like, he goes I'm, to the kitchen. Just and to cool down. Opens the refrigerator in the kitchen, and he first picks up a beer, but then he puts it down. Yeah, yeah. And then he grabs the chocolate milk. Then he sees, I guess it's some kind of bread or something on the cutting board. Yeah. She must have been slicing it before she left because there's a knife stole it. It's like pumpernickel bread. It's real dark. Yeah, bread. I couldn't tell what it was either. But yeah, he gets a knife out and is about to cut some of it. Mm-hmm. And then he hears a commotion in the other room. And it's like, okay. And, you know, he sets the knife down on the cutting board. Goes out there and uh, Jeremy isn't around. There's a lamp. Uh, there's, land a, there's a lamp all over on the on the bulb uh, is blinking. Yeah, it's over on the floor, and he's just like, "Okay, this is weird." And he starts calling out for him. He just starts to walk around the house, you know, calling Jeremy, and then he starts hearing these bumps, bumps, and everything. He goes, and the front door's just standing wide open. And he goes outside, and he's calling for Jeremy, but he can't. He's not out there. So he comes back in, and the next scene, he's just walking around the house. He's looking in closets, under beds, you know, trying to figure out where the where he is. Jeremy's nowhere to be found. He hears a door slam somewhere in the house, and he goes back downstairs because he was upstairs and looking in the rooms, and he's in the kitchen again. And yeah. the knife is gone. Yeah, the knife on the cutting board isn't there anymore. Yeah. I think even uh, Corey notices that it's not there. He hears Jeremy screaming for help upstairs. Yeah. And he heads upstairs again. The knife is just laying on a step, which is weird. And this little boy yelling does not sound like he's being hurt. No, no, no. I no. kind of figured what was going on. Yeah, here. I did too. He goes in a room. You know, he's kind of still looking for him. And some suddenly somebody slams and locks the door. Yeah, he's up there in the, uh, I guess, was it a room or kind of an attic area? It's like an attic, I think. Yeah. And you can hear that little shit outside taunting him. Mm-hmm. That he he purposely did that. Oh, yeah. Corey seems like a little claustrophobic. Maybe he gets really upset. Um, and he's just telling him to, let you know, unlock the door, let him out. Meanwhile, it shows the parents are getting back. You know, you see the car pull in and... Yeah, they're just, they're just pulling up, getting in from their party that they went to. And it, it kind of keeps going back and forth between them coming in the house and him. He starts kicking the door. Yeah, he starts really kicking the door yeah, hard. Yeah, to try to get out. And as the parents come in the door, all they hear is him say, I'm going to kill you. And then he kicks the door really hard. And I, he didn't realize that kid was so close to the door. The door hits the kid and just catapults him off the stairwell. Yes. Over the banister. And he falls how many floors, I don't know. Yeah, he, it killed him. He basically falls to the floor right in front of the parent. You know, I mean, he hits that floor hard, like too. Like bent backwards or something. I can't remember yeah. the way he hit. The parents are just, uh, they run up, the mom is screaming. Yeah. 
and everything. And then Corey is standing there on the top of the stairs. Looking down. Looking down with a knife in his hand. Yeah. And it, it looks like he's guilty even though he didn't do anything. No. Yeah. And the mother just looks up and says, what have you done? Yeah. And the scene kind of goes to the classic Then we, then we go music. to the Halloween credits yeah. uh, with the pumpkin and everything. This mm-hmm. uh, credits are pretty much like the other two. I mean, there's this uh, pumpkin that just evolves into a different kinds of pumpkins, I guess you could say. But, I mean, I did like the uh, credits uh, scene here. I thought it was very good. And then we cut to uh, back into the film, and we hear uh, Laurie Strode in kind of a voiceover. And this uh, is over stuff, clips from the previous movie and the original. Yeah, she's kind of just talking about the events that have happened all this time in Haddonfield. Yeah. And we see some old scenes from the different Halloween movies. Kind of moves to her... You know, sitting at a desk typing on a laptop. Yeah, we kind of see that she's like writing. I mean, you kind of just look at this like, okay, so she's just writing a book. Yeah, she's yeah. writing a book about her experience with Michael. Yeah. Then we also kind of cut to uh, clips of uh, Corey being arrested. That Things night. that have happened in Haddonfield yeah. since Michael disappeared. And it's just like everybody's so freaked out by Michael. It's just like everything mm-hmm. revolves around Michael. Yeah. Because it shows a couple that have been shot in the head sitting in a Jeep and the cops talking to Hawkins and he's like, you think it was Mars? Yeah. And he's like, Mar- Michael doesn't use guns. Yeah, Michael wouldn't use a gun. So, so it's, it's just not, like, you know, he's still present. Everything, every death in Haddonfield is probably Michael related. Even though Corey had nothing to do with Michael. Yeah, and of course, you know, that's uh, one of the clips we see is Corey being arrested and uh, Lori's like driving by as this is happening and actually sees it happen. And then there shows a lady, which I thought this lady um, hanging in a tree near mm-hmm. her house. Yeah. And I thought that was Oscar's mother. Because I remember her coming to the hospital looking for Oscar after Michael hung him up on the fence because she's dressed like a devil like he was. I wouldn't rule that out. That does make yeah, sense. It looked like her. Of course, you see that Allison is living there with uh, Lori. Lori's kind of bought a house in a neighborhood and she's trying to kind of put that life behind her and trying to be better. She's, you know, gotten sober and it's been four years. Four years since the previous film. And I guess in a way, it's not talking about writing the book to just kind of put it all behind her and put this, put yeah. the whole Michael Myers thing to bed. I think there's some part in the movie where she says she's writing it so in hopes of helping somebody else. Yeah, yeah. No, which too. is a reason a lot of people write books. You know, she's uh, finishes typing, typing it up uh, or typing the page that she's doing you hear a fire alarm. fire alarm going off in a house and she just jumps up like, oh shit. And then she's running downstairs and calling for Allison and she's like, I got a pie in the oven and it's burning. And she you know? forgot to turn the timer on. And, yeah. And Allison's kind of like, you could have just bought one from the store. And she's like, I wanted to make it yeah. like traditional. I think she's just trying to live a more normal life where she's cooking and she's doing everything a normal person would trying do. Trying to make traditions. Right. Yeah, yeah. I can, in that, you know, some normalcy. I mean, that, that's understandable. And they get the pie out, and of course, it is... it is. Um, you can't even tell what kind. I think it was an apple pie, but... Uh, yeah, or a pumpkin pie, I think. Oh, that was. makes more sense. Yeah, it was a yeah. pumpkin pie, and no... It had a little swirly in the middle like an apple pie. But. Yeah, uh, but point being, his pie will not be eaten. Uh, no. And then this is point, you know, Allison is just... She's getting ready to go to work. 
Mm-hmm. She's um, got scrubs on, so I guess she works in the medical yeah, field. And, yeah, that's pretty interesting because she was a teenager she in the last She was probably movies. a senior. She was in high school. How? What could you actually do in a doctor's office like she was doing? I well, mean, it called her letter a medical assistant, so uh, you can go to tech for that. I okay, think. maybe yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Okay, so she just went to tech long enough to mm-hmm. where she could do that. Okay, I can see that. I may be wrong, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that. I don't know the uh, parameters of that mm-hmm. one myself. But point being is, she works as a medical assistant, and she's uh, getting ready to head out to work. Then we cut to a scene of a uh, Corey he's riding his bike and you know going through town. He damn near is hit by a car on his bike. You know, he's just kind of just pedaling through town, and then he ends up at this. Uh, junkyard kind of a like a scrapyard yeah scrapyard they kind have of body a, shop yeah they have a body shop there too he's uh riding his bike in and then we see this man say hey Corey, you're late again <laughs> and you know of course this seems like this must be a regular occurrence with him <laughs> a man later comes into the garage where Corey's kind of welding apart off of a car yeah he's uh fixing some car the man tells him he has to talk to him and they go outside and he shows him a motorcycle. Yeah, he pulls this covers kind of tarp off of this uh, motorcycle and mm-hmm. says, well, what do you think? He says, yeah. it's not, you know, it needs, you know, insurance and some plates and stuff like that. But he says, it's ready to go. And he says, it can get to work faster on it than his bike. Yeah, he says, maybe you won't be as late on this. And we kind of come to realize that this owner of the shop is uh, Corey's like, stepdad. Stepdad. So, you know, you see his stepdad's kind of trying to look out for him and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, trying to help him any way he can. You know, Corey seems very appreciative of this because, you know, as I said, he seems to love the motorcycle as soon as he sees it. I mean, their relationship seemed to be, you know, mutually positive. I mean, they they didn't have that fighting with the stepson stepdad no no if anything he seemed they seemed to get along pretty well then we cut back to uh allison is in her car and she's uh driving i guess she's headed to work stopped by a cop he gets out and he comes up to her car window and he leans in and says she's under arrest for being the prettiest girl he knows yeah so right there already we're just like okay who's this douchebag and her facial expressions the whole time is like get out of here yeah she doesn't like him you know and then she basically just like why are you stopping me what's Mm. you know what do you what's going on he tries to do a little bit more in a way of some smooth talk that isn't going over well and then eventually he says well you know you got a muffler on the back of your car that's going out and need to get that fixed. Yeah, he said he pulled her over because he missed her. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. And so. she just kind of shrugs him off and then he says, well, your muffler's about to fall off of your car. Yeah. As she drives off, the camera pans down under the bridge she was on and it shows a homeless man. Yeah. And I'm picking up cans and junk and he's putting them in buggies. And as he walks away, it shows this tunnel. Like this ominous looking dark tunnel it's behind It's a drain him. pipe. A drain pipe. Yeah. And Sewage pipe. Yeah. And you're, and uh, this drain pipe will play into some stuff here in a little while. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to uh, Corey. Uh, he's uh, at a, going at a convenience store. Shows a car full of teenagers pulling in outside and... He's inside. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Yeah, he's right. inside, like getting, uh, I guess, a chocolate uh, milk or something. Before it went inside, it showed that same homeless man digging in the trash outside. That oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, in. he was roaming around there as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I forgot about that one. So that this probably close by. Yeah, oh, this is a small town, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. It's this convenience store probably wasn't that far away. Yeah, Corey's trying to pick a drink, and this woman's like 
rudely, yeah. like, are you going to buy anything? Like, yeah, she I'm just a, gets, like, you wonder at this point if everyone in town just kind of knows who he is and they just treat him horribly. Uh, that's my best they guess. They don't want too. him in their yeah. places of business. and. Yeah, that's my best guess. That's where I kind of got this, where this came from, because usually people aren't that hostile when you're in their shop. They you want know. you to buy as much as you can. Yeah, like take your time, buy as much as you want to. You know? She pretty much just standing looking at the back of him and just like, are you going to buy something? Yeah, exactly. And I think he picks chocolate milk. Yeah, up. That, well, that's pretty much what I thought too. You know, I think he gets it and he walks outside and that's about the time this group of uh, kids pulls up in a car and they get out and kind of pass by Corey, but then they're like, oh, wait a minute. And they try to get Corey to buy them some beer. Beer. And he doesn't he just says no and starts to walk away. Now, here's the weird thing. I, I want to bring this up. I've never seen this in a movie until today and in, in this movie I mean. These are in band. Yes. Band toughs here. Yeah. This is a band straight <laughs> they're they're in band. I would give people wedgies in band if I was in school. And these are like the toughs of the town. This is Gen Z. So yeah, they yeah. have that Gen Z hair. They have the weird outfits. It's very strange. Yeah, because when I seen they were in band, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I used to rough people up in band. But, you know, times have changed, I guess. To go back to uh, what I was talking about, I could rant on about band people for a while. Yeah, and Corey, you know, they wanted to buy him some beer, and Corey's like, no, 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 no. You know, he just didn't want to do it. And then all of a sudden, the one guy kind of recognized, like, oh, wait a minute, I know who you are. Starts picking on him for it. Yeah, I'm picking at him for it. And he's, if it's been four years, he's 21. Yeah, he's yeah He's He's 21. He was 17. Yeah, 17, 18 at that time. So, yeah. He's 21. You could see them picking at Corey. Corey's starting to get really agitated. He's older than them, but they're getting under his skin. Yeah, I mean, I think he's trying to just be cool and kind of just blow it off and walk away. And they just aren't letting it go. They're little bully assholes. Yeah, banned bullies. <laughs> which, oh, wow. Okay, Corey has that bottle of, of uh, chocolate milk in his hand, and he breaks it in his hand. He just squeezes it so hard that it busts. Yeah. Doesn't one of the kids trip him or hit him? Or Shoves something? him backwards. Shoves him backwards, that's it, yeah. yeah. And he falls and he... Immediately somebody's voice says, stop it. Yeah. And you look over and it's... Lori had been over there yeah, pumping put, gas. Yeah. And she saw what they were doing. She's just telling them to leave him alone, but it pans down and he's got a big hunk of glass stuck in his, in his hand. hand. Yeah. She walks over there and then these uh, little fuckers have the nerve to sit there and they start poking at her. Start too. taunting at her and they say... Corey's the psycho and she's the freak show. Yeah. So I'm just like, these are some cocky little band uh, kids here. You know, I'm just like, wow. Uh, but they pick on each other too. Well, yeah. Well, they're, well they're, they're, all, they're pricks to themselves and to each other as well. So that's, uh, that's pretty much on brand for people like that. And they go into the convenience store and everything. Lori helps Corey up and she asked him, so are you the psycho or the freak show? Yeah. And he just kind of, He's still looking at his hand and all. And then she says, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? Yeah. And she pulls out a knife and shows him. And yeah. I think it's like a, it's not, it's like a lock blade or a switch blade or something yeah. like that. And, you know, and Popping looks their over, tires. look over at the tires. And then the <laughs> next thing we see is Corey sitting there ramming the uh, knife into one of the tires. <laughs> and he gets in the car with uh, Lori and they leave. 
So I guess uh, they got a little consolation prize. Then we cut to uh, the doctor's office. This is where Allison works. And Allison is there, and uh, Lori walks in uh, with uh, Corey. It's almost like Allison kind of just catches him right away. Yes, she is very taken with him as soon as she sees him. Yeah, yeah. It's almost just like, almost from literally the moment she sees him. She's yeah, already Cameron kind of, died, and it's been four years. I, I think it says she dated that cop that pulled she her She did over, date that But cop. I don't know if she's had a lot of... You know, men that she's dated since yeah. Cameron died. Um, uh, definitely the cop wasn't one, that, uh, <laughs> that, to put it mildly. You know, they uh, take, um, you know, Corey's taken in the back to get his hand checked out. The doctor is there, is starting to pick the glass out of his hand. Yeah, Allison's kind of helping the doctor, and Corey and Allison can't keep their eyes off of each other. They keep staring at each other. Well, I think it's funny. She's eyeballing him more. They're looking at each other. Yeah, but he, she's looking at him more than he, but he is yeah. checking her out too. She's very, very different in this movie. Yeah. But I think they're trying to portray her as older. Yeah. I think the doctor makes a comment to Corey that Allison is pretty, isn't she? And then he kind of like, I think he pulled too hard or something on his hand and he heard him and he just flips, kind of flips out and he knocks off all the equipment off yeah, the tray. Yeah, yeah, probably some pain. I, I think he was giving him a shot to numb the hand and then the shot Cost yeah. him, yeah, cost yeah. you know, sticking the needle in. So Corey apologizes and Allison apologizes and start picking up the tools off the floor. And yeah. the doctor treats Allison like crap. He yeah, just, yeah, yeah. He just speaks down to her and walks out of the room. Yeah. Isn't this the point where she kind of finishes what the doctor's doing? Well, Corey tells her that she shouldn't let the doctor treat her that way because yeah. if it, it will make her sad and even if she doesn't realize it, it will. Yeah, yeah. Um, she tells him she's dealt with worse, and she kind of sits down, and she's got that magnifying glass thing looking at his hand because he has little pieces still stuck in his yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're doing, trying to pull out all the little pieces of glass. Yeah, he's watching her the whole time. She talks to him. Yeah. And she asked him where he works, and he mentions he works for a garage, a car garage, and she mentions that her car's rattling. He tells her what he thinks it is and that it wouldn't take but like five minutes to fix then we kind of cut to the scene. I guess after they're done, he's out there kind of looking up under it and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's yeah. just the muffler's falling off. He says, well, just bring it on over to the shop and we can fix it up for yeah, you. Yeah, he says he doesn't have his stuff with him to be able to fix it. So to bring it by the yeah. next day. He says she could have his bike if if she wants because he has a motorcycle now. Yeah, yeah. And then she asks him if he'll teach her to ride it. She's very forward in this movie. Yeah, yeah. That's She's what very I, confident. She's just like, when she sees something, she goes for it. Yeah, yeah. She That's what I was noticing, too. She, yeah, very, very forward. She's very forward. And he seems uncomfortable around her, but maybe he hasn't many, had many girlfriends. Uh, yeah, or he's just not used to a woman being at forward. Forward, yes. Yeah. I would say with his mother as the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hasn't had many girlfriends. This is kind of the point where Allison kind of asks him out. Yeah, she just... says, we should go out and do something sometime. And he was like, who, me? Yeah. And she said, us. We can yeah. we can do that. And then he's like, you don't want to do that. Yeah. And he yeah. said, I'm going to be late for supper. I think yeah. he's just trying, I guess, because of his past. He doesn't want to make yeah. her uncomfortable. Or I, I don't even know if he knows she knows. I don't know. He seems, he seems kind of iffy on going out with her. I think then, he likes her, but I think he's just unnerved uh, about yeah, her. Yeah, he's kind of nervous about it. But, you know, I mean, he seems like he's okay with it, but he's noncommittal on it. 
he just he seems like he's interested, but he's just maybe a little wary of what she think might think of him. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was gathering too. Something you were saying where he probably hasn't dated that much. Yeah, because he's smiling at her. He's he. I think he likes her. Yeah, I do. He just, yeah. I think he's just a little... And you'll learn more about Corey as we go. Yeah, and actually, in going into this next scene, you're going to learn a little bit more yeah. about her. He's at home having dinner. Well, you missed the scene where it's at Lori's house, and Allison and Lindsay are there, and they're talking about Allison Corey. Oh, I, I had that scene after that one for some reason. I do not know why I did that. Lori okay. suggests Allison invite Corey to her Halloween party later. I think she had not planned to go because she didn't have anybody to go with. And now she's kind of, Lori kind of realizes that they may like each other. So maybe ask him if he wants to go. Mm-hmm. The scene kind of ends with, some, with Lori saying something funny. She was like, find someone that makes you let go. Mm-hmm. And, want, and you want to rip your shirt off and show your tits. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I really like that. I like that that just showed her relaxed and enjoying her time. Yeah, yeah. She's not as, um, she seems to be moving forward with life and just yeah, kind of trying to enjoy life. In this house, it's a normal house. You don't see a gun. You don't see anything. Yeah, exactly. Anything like she would, had before. Yeah, and I, I really liked that myself. Yeah. But then we cut to Corey's yes. house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had those things flip for some reason. I have no clue why. We just kind of see the family dynamic here. The mom is extremely overbearing overbearing and overbearing with a capital o he is like getting a text well she first says that she's just going to have Corey go back to working at the call center if the step stepdad can't keep him give him supervision that he needs because Mm -hmm. he got his hand hurt Yeah, yeah but he wasn't at work when he got hurt yeah. And the the stepdad's like, we can't watch him 24-7. He's 21. Well, that's what I know. That's I know he was. still works with her. I mean, lives with her, but... You would think she would have been loosened up yeah. a little bit now. She's now, very... it makes me wonder, was she like this before what happened? Or she became that way afterwards? I'm assuming... Of course, you didn't, you didn't know from the first scenes with Corey if she was married to the stepdad at that time. Yeah. Or was it a dynamic of just him and her? And then she married later? Yeah. Or you don't know how long she's been married to that yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really get a lot of background on Corey's family. I mean, like I said, it just made me wonder if the mom was this overbearing before the incident that happened or if she became very protective of him afterwards, you know, when the family. I mean, you don't really, you never I get think, any indication of that. I think she's just overbearing anyway because the stepdad is very submissive to her. Yeah. He stays out of everything. He don't ever speak up. Yeah. He just kind of sits in his recliner and just lets her go. Well, in yeah. I mean, because I guess technically he's the stepdad. So yeah, he, but yeah, he still is his yeah, house. Yeah, I know. But it's uh, still, I think he just kind of stays out of it. Corey, and, Corey gets a text. And the whole time he has, he's like, he has to hide it under the table from his mother. She's peeking around the table trying to find out who's texting him. Yeah. And it's Allison. Yeah. Asking him if he wants to go to that Halloween party. Yeah. He tells her he doesn't have a costume, and she's like, well, I'll figure that out. But the whole time, the mom is like, who's texting you? Who are you talking to? Yes. Blah, blah, blah. And he's trying to say it's nobody. That bitch, she gets up when she's eating pasta and milk. Yeah, that's gross. Like, ew. And then she goes, 
employees that keep secrets don't get custard for dessert. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Talking to him almost like he's 10 years old or yeah. something. Yeah. This gives a little insight into why Corey might be strange. Yeah. Because the dynamics in this house is strange. Yeah. And it's like I said, I don't know if it was like this before the incident or if it happened afterwards. I, mean, I don't know. Don't know. But I mean, stepdad looks at him and says, don't tell her about that motorcycle. Yeah. Because yeah. she's already pissed off. Yeah, exactly. I guess uh, then we cut to, I think it's the next day. And isn't this where Allison is bringing the car to uh, the uh, garage where Corey works? Yeah, it shows Corey first, and he's on his motorcycle kind of testing it out, driving it around the scrapyard. Yeah, he's just kind of, I guess, getting a feel for it, Mm -hmm. you know. And then it shows Allison pulling in with her car. And they're taking the car. I can get it checked out. You know, Allison goes over and is talking to Corey and like, you know, he's showing her how to ride the motorcycle. They get a little close here. He has her get on the motorcycle. He gets on behind her and he's using his hands to show her, this is how you turn it on. This is how you stop. This is, you know, it's just a little close moment that they have together. As they're doing this, the one of the uh, band toughs, the main one there is his car was brought in. Because the, the tire, he didn't know how to change the tire, so they need a tire for him. And you see the dad kind of just breaking his balls and yep. slapping him on the back of the head, call, basically a, calling him an idiot, yep. and Corey notices this. You can kind of see that he's just like his dad. His yeah. dad picks on him, and then he picks on everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Is this where we cut the Lori at the store? Corey oh, no. tells oh, yeah, Allison yeah, yeah. that he's going to go over and help his stepdad fix her car, and she tells him she doesn't care about the car, that she's there to see him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she wants her some Corey. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I lost my place there for a second. I thought that scene was here somewhere, but yeah, I remember she. She. This is another point. Yeah, she's very forward. Yeah, she's she. Very forward. She's very interested in him, and she just lets him know every chance she gets. She wants to go out with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it jumps to the grocery there, there we, store. There we go. And Lori's just in there shopping, and or we see Hawkins. Yeah. And he's there buying some some uh, meat, meat or something like yeah. that. And Lori kind of walks up to him and sees him there and tells him he needs, basically, you need to be eating some vegetables, you know. <laughs> it seems like you just eat way too much meat. Yeah. <laughs> and everything. And you kind of come to see that they've been kind of keeping in touch with each other and everything. He's and, retired now. Yeah, he's retired. And he, you know, they're walking and talking, you know, in the grocery store. He's been playing guitar, learning that. and Chinese he, uh, on Rosetta Stone. Yeah, he's learning the Japanese. Or Japanese. Uh, Japanese. I put Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> and he says something in Japanese, and he says he's not sure. It says something about, like, you know, something about a shirt or something along those lines. <laughs> he says he thinks that's what, what, it's, uh, what it's about, and he says he's hoping to maybe eventually at some point maybe go to Jap- Japan and... Talk about the cherry blossoms. Yeah, they have beautiful cherry blossom trees over there. Yeah, and Lori thanks him for kind of encouraging her to write a book. They're they're kind of checking out at the register, and they're flirty, and she tells him that Allison's seeing Corey, and he says, Corey's a good kid. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of this very kind of flirty kind of thing that they had, because you kind of seen in a previous movie where there might have been something that would have happened between mm-hmm. them, but just didn't ever come to pass. So you get kind of a sense here that, well, maybe this are going to move in that direction. Hawkins didn't seem to have any problem with them. Uh, Lori kind of leaves the store. But I thought there was something cute that they said to each other. He says, I like seeing your, because, you know, earlier he had complimented her hair. Yeah. Because, you know, in the last one, her hair was long and gray. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Very not feminine looking yeah, and yeah. this one she's kind of 
cut it. Yeah. It's styled and she's mm-hmm. got a little blonde in it. And and he also says that he likes looking at her face. Yeah, yeah. And she says, I look looking at your face too. Yeah. They're oh, cute old people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can kind of see that they, they kinda, like each yeah, other. Yeah, they like each other. And, you know, you could see that kind of puts him kind of floating on air, you know, <laughs> after she uh, leaves the store. And she's leaving the store. And then you hear some woman saying something. You, you, you don't know if it's directed at Lori at yeah, first. And like, just, you're smiling. What are you smiling about? Where'd or I thought she said, what did you buy? Or you know, she says that afterwards. What did you buy yeah. at the store? Why are you smiling? And Lori's just kind of brought out, like, what? Are you talking to me? And she said, yeah, uh, what are you smiling about? Because my sister lost her husband last year yeah. because of what happened. Yeah, he killed my sister's husband and he... Took he her nearly, voice. He nearly. I think he slit her throat. He took her voice. And then now she can't talk. Yeah. It's that woman that you thought died in the yeah. Halloween Sta- kills. Stabbed her with a fluorescent light. Yes, and yeah. you know the couple. Yeah, that he just went off on him with knives. And you could see that this woman's basically trying to blame Lori for what happened, and she is just, it's just rattling her cage. You know, she comes at her in a way like she aggravated the situation. Like she made him do all that. They almost consider Michael hers, her boogeyman, her, you know, enemy or whatever. And it's just like she's just as guilty as he is. Lori just, you know, Hawkins comes out there and kind of breaks it up and everything. And Lori just kind of walks off and gets into her car. And you can tell that it's just, it just really rattled her. You know, you could kind of see that she's trying to move forward and live her life. And these people still, I mean, it's almost like how things are with Corey in a way. Yeah, they're just trying to move on from what happened. And people just keep bringing it back and throwing it on them and remind them. And, you know, she, she does feel guilty i guess in some ways or yeah, it may be survivor's guilt survivor's guilt because yeah. she didn't make michael no. start she didn't even know about it really well and the woman also says something to her that you were her neighbor and you don't even know her name well yeah it's like she's supposed to know all this stuff she's trying to move forward with her life but mm-hmm. obviously other people cannot so they but i think she also probably got hurt because that was the way she chose to live her life not knowing anybody not or surrounding herself with anybody yeah. but she didn't even know her neighbors well that could be it too yeah yeah and i said i mean this kind of just devastates Lori as she's sitting in her car then i guess this is where we cut to uh, the night and we're at uh, uh i guess does i guess this is where either Lindsay works or this is her bar it's almost like a pool hall or a bar or something it's, it's, it's a bar you might as well say it's, it's a, bar a bar on one side and then they've got pool tables and video games yeah and yeah stuff and, and this is where allison and Corey and there's this word is costume party it, is. yeah a halloween party and that they come in and she's dressed like a black cat yeah and he's got a scarecrow mask on but it looks like one of those masks from the 70s yeah yeah we're always very creepy yeah one of them old school kind of Halloween masks they walk in and um i I guess well allison goes to get some drinks right yeah and she's talking to Lindsay and that other dumb little girl she works with i don't know what her name is deb i want to smack that woman the whole movie she she immediately Comes up and hugs Allison. They, they're co-workers. Yeah. They work at the doctor's office together. But then she turns around directly and grinds her butt right on Corey. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, you don't even know him. Yeah. He looks like backs away from her, like, get off me. Yeah. And then they go over. He sits down and he's just playing with his phone. And Allison goes to get them drinks. And that woman 
the the girl she works with is just being her usual. She says the meanest things and the most insensitive things, but it doesn't register in her dumb brain that she's being insensitive. She's just one of those people that she just, she says something about him being a kid killer or fucking somebody at a nursing home or something. Yeah. I don't know what she meant by that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think she's talking about the one guy that flashed uh, Corey. Oh, maybe that's what. Yeah, that's what I kind of gathered. The one that was the original Michael Myers oh, in the first movie. I, I didn't even know who that was. Lindsay tells her, you can be with whoever you want. Yeah. And she says, well, then I'm with him right now. Yeah. And she goes and takes a drink over to Corey and they sitting mm-hmm. there drinking. Then they just get out on the floor and start dancing. I do some trippy Trippy dancing. Yeah, and Corey just kind of starts to let... He's at first kind of rigid, but then he kind of starts to let loose after a little bit. He can either can't handle his liquor or he's never had a moment of fun in his life. He's just dancing and flopping. He gets on the floor and he's flopping all around on the floor. This scene is very, like, trippy. Uh, Yeah, Corey's really getting into the dancing on the floor. It's almost like he's... This is... Him just kind of cut, letting loose, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much. And, I mean, but he seems like he's enjoying himself. And I guess the the music's over, and he just uh, talks to Allison, like, I'm going to go up there and get another drink. And he goes up there to get another drink, and then we see a woman sitting beside him, or sitting up there at the bar, and she looks over at him, and then we see who this is. That's this, the mother of Jeremy who yeah, died. You know, and he looks over, and he sees who it is. She pretty much makes comments that look at him having fun when her son is dead. Yeah, she really gets on to him. He, you could just see him backing off and he's just like really upset by this. And Allison doesn't notice any of this at first. She's still out there kind of dancing on the floor. Yeah, she pretty much chases him out of the bar. Yeah, he takes off. And then I think Allison kind of notices the commotion and Lindsay grabs Jeremy's mom and says, hey, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we ain't having none of this. And, and Corey just kind of storms out and he walks off. Yeah. And Allison uh, follows him out. And he just kind of gets on Allison. Like, Why'd you bring me here? Yeah, Why'd she tries to calm him down, but he's upset with her because he thinks she left him alone. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, where were you? Yeah. Like, he's he's very anxious. He doesn't go many places. So yeah. I think, I mean, he's the one that walked off from her. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. He just goes into, like, how people kind of look at her as a survivor. And he's like, it's a... Uh, well, before that, she tells him she's just trying to help him, and he says, I'm not your fucking project. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. This whole scene reminds me of most of my 20s. I don't know. And the weird thing is, is I never looked at Allison as him, as her trying to fix him, per se. I think she just seemed kind of a kindred spirit in that he's someone who's went through a lot, too. But at the same time, you can see the I'll, yeah. I can fix him. I think she just wants to be close to him. She feels like she relates to him in some ways. Yeah. Um, because they've both been through something. And, you know, they're just trying to get through it. He's just, I think he's just so rattled. He just isn't having it. And he just walks off. I mean, she just kind of puts her hands out to him and he just ignores her. I think he's kind of very clingy to her, but yet he also lashes out at her at the same time. Yeah, well... Um, You're starting to see a little bit in him towards her. Well, I mean, you've seen it in most of the scenes he's been in so far. He's very sensitive. Yeah. He gets upset very easily. Got a bit of a temper. 
But he just has this attitude that she's better off without him. Yeah. And he and, just walks and away. he just walks away. And then we cut to a scene, you know, after she she's upset, of course. And yeah. then we just cut to the scene of him walking home. He's over at the overpass. You know, he's going, walking over to the overpass. And here come the band toughs in their car. And they see him. And they pull over. And they start harassing him again. At like, oh, we just want to make nice and be buddy-buddy and all this kind of stuff. And I do think they probably knew he popped their tire, right? Did they ever... I would feel safe to say they probably do. They, I mean... they probably do. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be, I would be surprised if they didn't. The one guy uh, trips him up and everything. And I think then picks him up and then no one grabs him and slams him up against a car. And one of the girls is like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, we don't need to be doing this. And by that time, Corey pulls a damn knife out. They pushed about him point. down and they bro- broke his glasses. And then he pulls a knife on him because I think he feels like, I think he's just had a really bad night. Emotions are very raw and he's just kind of mm-hmm. ready to cut anybody that yeah. gets near him. I think one of the guys, he pulls a knife at Corey and then the guy just takes the knife almost to Corey's hand just slaps it away. Yeah. Because I guess he just felt, oh, you ain't going to do shit. And he mm-hmm. slaps it away. And then Corey turns around to the one guy that he's seen at the garage, the main guy, I guess you could say, and says, well, you know, your dad treats you like shit. Basically calling him out on why, that's why you treat people like he shit, just, because you do, you're treated that way too. You act like somebody hates you. And I know when somebody hates me. Yeah, yeah. You know, he just kind of yeah. lets you know I've seen that you're not yeah. so yeah. tough. Yeah. You know, your dad pretty much hits you and all kinds of stuff yeah and that's when that sets this uh bully guy off and basically <laughs> he grabs Corey, and i think he hits Corey, and then he just kind of throws him off the side of the overpass and all everybody's freaking out like what did you just do you just killed this kid yeah, you know yeah. you just did this and the guy said well, i didn't do nothing and yeah. y'all didn't see nothing and not, nothing happened oh, damn and they basically get in their car and leave they ta- and they leave him there he's just knocked out on the ground Corey's laying there unconscious on the ground. There's a homeless man that's been down there. He's sitting down there, and he kind of just looks toward the back of him. And all of a sudden, you see Corey's body being dragged off. It's being dragged into the storm drain. Uh-oh. This is point. We cut to Allison back at home, and she's trying to make something in her microwave, and you can tell that she's upset. Yeah, she starts beating on the thing. She can't get it to work. And Lori comes down and tells her to calm down. But Allison's like, why can't I be mad? Yeah. And yeah. Lori says, I like this line. She goes, you can be, but just be careful. It's addictive. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know, and she just kind of seems like, you know, she, I mean, she doesn't really say it in so many words, but she's like, you know, the, the date went bad. Yeah, she's looking at, they had went in a photo booth and took a bunch of pictures. Yeah. And she has them with her. She's looking at them and she says to Lori, you were right. I like him. Then, of course, then we cut back to Corey kind of coming to in the pipe. In the drain. Yep. He's kind of got mice all around him. Yeah. And he's like looking around like, well, how the hell did I end up in here? He doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I would feel the same way. He's walking around, I guess, trying to get his bearings and see where he's at. Then he notices, oh, well, there's the exit right yeah. there. And he starts walking toward this light, I guess, to the exit. And as he's walking by, all of a sudden, this hand reaches out and grabs his throat. And, of course, we see who this hand belongs to, and it's Michael Myers. Apparently, for the past four years, he's been living in this storm drain. This seems very interesting, and I'm sure everybody's going to have their own opinions Mm -hmm. 
of this because Michael's looking at Corey straight in his eyes and it's kind of I got up closer to the screen to see because it almost looks like you can see his own reflection in Corey's eyes or is it the fact that he's just looking in Corey's eyes and it does almost like a flashback of what happened to Jeremy yeah all him being bullied Corey being bullied and I don't know if that meant that Michael saw those flashbacks or is he looking at him and sees that he has eyes like he does? He I sees gather, somebody like him. I think that's what I see. Because Michael was bullied and all kinds of stuff when he was younger. He's seeing, this is someone like me. That's what I kind of gathered. Because you always, I'll, you notice like in like the Halloween 2018, when he escaped from the bus, he didn't kill any of the uh, mental patients. No. He just killed the other people. And to me, that's what I almost look at. It's like he recognizes evil in him, too. I mean, I, everybody might have their own opinion yeah. on that. If you want to really go back to the Thorn series, he's passing on the Curse of Thorn <laughs> to Corey. Corey. But I don't think people will be like, uh, no. Point being is Michael grabs him and lets him go. When has that ever happened? Yeah, and that's very strange. Yes. And Corey runs out. And he runs into the homeless man waiting out there. He mm-hmm. said, how did you get out of there? He never lets anybody go. The The homeless man is just rambling and raving about this. He says, I want you, I want that mask. Go yeah. back in there and get go that mask. Go back man. and get that mask because I'm Michael Myers. Yeah. You're and, like, what? And then the homeless man, I think, pulls a knife on him. And he's going to like stab Corey or do something like you go in there and get that mask. And then mm-hmm. him and Corey struggle and fight as far as that knife. And then Corey just stabs this homeless old man. And then he stabs him a few times. I mean, mm-hmm. he seems to really be enjoying that. Yeah, because you just hear it going yeah. really quick. Uh-huh. And he throws the knife once he realizes he's killed him. Yeah. He throws it not that far, probably. I was like, but, you know, I guess as a homeless person, nobody cares about well, the homeless. Nobody give a shit about You know, the homeless, they'll probably not even investigate. No. Of course, we find out what happens to that guy's body anyway. Yeah, but. that's true. Then, you know, Corey just, next thing we see, he's at home. He's, yes. he's just walking in the door and he just barrels by his mom who's just like, where have you been? What you, As usual, the, grilling him about yeah, everything he's yeah. doing. And he goes up into the bathroom and just starts trying to clean himself up and everything and stuff like that. And he is looking at himself in the mirror and you can tell that he's changed. Mm-hmm. There's There's been a click in him and there's something that's changed and not for the good around the eyes he doesn't look the same yeah he looks very different to what he did it's like he's getting more demented looking yeah and then we cut back to i guess uh we're back at the doctor's office the next day and we find out this girl deb got this promotion over allison the dumb insensitive one you know allison mentioned that she had been working towards a A promotion promotion and she didn't get it yeah she got it she works out. You don't ever see this girl do any work. Yeah, yeah. And she won, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, of course, this girl, Deb, got it. And Allison's like, yeah, congratulations, da, da, da. But, you yeah. know, and then you kind of get the hint, you know, doctor calls uh, Deb over, and you kind of get the hint, like, okay, I think we know how yeah. she got the promotion. But, yeah, this is, uh, we somebody's been working some overtime on yeah. getting that promotion. Yeah, working and... overtime on the doctor. And then we cut to a scene of Corey going to uh, Lori's house. You know, he's on his bike and everything. And Lori's up there, I guess, working on her book, kind of, you know, typing up some stuff and everything. And then she hears a motorcycle. She gets up and looks out the window, and she notices Corey standing there by the bush. 
like Michael Myers did in the first movie. Yes, it's very, and she's looking up down from the house like in the original. Yeah, I thought that was uh, interesting. And then she goes outside, and she's like, you know, where's he at? Yeah, he's gone. Then he pops out from behind her, and you almost jumped off the couch <laughs> during this scene. This, this uh, I was so, like, in, you know, kind of entranced by thinking he was going to be near the bushes, and yeah. then all of a sudden, it's like you didn't even see him walk up. <laughs> yeah. It was a very effective uh, yeah. <laughs> jump scare. Yeah, because I thought you were going to fly right onto the roof, you know. <laughs> You know, and I do remember that. You know, he asked if uh, he can uh, talk to uh, Allison. You know, Allison comes out, and they start talking. And Lori is looking at Corey this whole time with this look of, I don't is it terror or is or it like... like startled. Yeah, or, or there's this... Uh, yeah, it's or... um, almost studying kind mm-hmm. of concern on her face. Because uh, Allison asked him if he's okay. Because, you know, he got jumped the night before and he's all bruised up. But also around his throat, Michael's fingerprints. Yeah, you can see him. You see his fingerprints on him. But he says he's fine and, you know, could they go for a walk? Yeah, and as they walk off, he looks at Lori and Lori looks at him as he walks by. And she's still got that look on her face like, what is up with him? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and they're walking down the road and Corey just pretty much says, I killed somebody. And I didn't know whether he was talking about Jeremy or that man he just killed. I, I knew he was talking about Jeremy because oh, okay. I think he was. And and then she looks at him. I think this is to the point. This is where we cut to the, uh, I guess, Jeremy's home where the, the incident happened, right? Yeah, he takes her there to yeah. show her the house where yeah. it happened. The house is abandoned now. I guess the yeah. parents just moved out of it after It this. shows both those parents in separate scenes in this movie. I don't even know if they're still together anymore. I never, I, I didn't get the indication that they were, but I could be wrong. But, you know, they probably didn't want to stay in this house because he died there. Well, that's what I, my approach yeah. on that so is, So they too. sold the house or left it. And uh, Corey basically tells Allison about what happened that night. You almost get the thinking this house is abandoned, that this is almost like the new Myers house in a way. Yep. Since the old one you find out has been torn down. Torn down. And, you know, he just kind of, like I said, tells her what happened. And I think this is after this, this is the scene where we cut to Lori is visiting Corey's mom. Right? Yeah, she's went to talk to his mother about... You know, she tells him that he's seeing Allison, and the pretty the mother pretty much says Allison should be only lucky to date someone like Corey. Yeah. He's smart and he's handsome. Mm-hmm. She says she doesn't like when he sees girls. Yeah, he's, she's so weird. Very weird. Uh, I got weird vibes off her this whole movie. Yeah. Um, Lori says she knows Corey has been, you know, had his difficulties, and the mother gets really mad, and she says the whole town turned against him when all that happened, and. And that when Lori's monster went away, they had to find a new one. Yeah, and Corey was that. Made Corey the new boogeyman. Yeah, basically. Lori gets upset and leaves. Yes, Lori, you could just say like, "Okay, I'm there." There's no talking for this, and she just leaves. Yeah, you're right. I mean, which I can't blame her. I would have to. It's another where her saying her boogeyman, her yeah. boogeyman, yeah. like she, like she brought it on there. Like they're a team or something that went yeah. through all that. Yeah, exactly. After this scene, we cut to Corey and Allison, and they're at, like, the local diner Mm -hmm. here. And, you know, Allison, 
says that you know she just pretty much stayed in Haddonfield after her mom and dad were killed. Yeah, but there was a time she wanted to burn the whole place down. Yeah, and you know she's just there to kind of you know stay with her grandmother and help look after her and everything. And he asked her why she stayed there after everything, and she said all her memories are there. And I think that's a that highlights the big differences in them. Yeah. He wants to leave. Yeah. Like his memories, he wants to run away from everything. Yeah, yeah. She kind of stays where her memories are. That's when Corey says, you know, just wants to kind of burn it to the ground. You know, do you want to burn it to the ground? I think this is about the time where we get a revisit from uh, her. The cop guy. The cop guy, Doug, comes over and starts talking to Allison, you know. Well, I think Corey was apologizing to her for getting angry at the party. That's right, that's right. And he tells her not to be afraid anymore, and he'll help her burn the place to the ground. But in mid-sense, this cop just comes up and interrupts him. There you go, there you go. And Corey... The way his eyes tilt up at him, yeah, you're like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. this wasn't good. This yeah. is not going to be good. Yeah. I think she used to date him. He's asking her why didn't she call him? She was supposed to call him, and she's like, no, no. And he's like inviting her over there, gonna yeah. have a nice little party and get some cake or something like that. Uh-huh. And Allison just keeps trying to kind of just blow him off, blow him off. Mm-hmm. Finally, Corey just steps up like, well, just leave her alone. Well, Corey's getting angry. And yeah, you angrier. can see him stewing right there. Yeah, he has that whole presence of a guy that he wants everything to just be the two of them. He doesn't want anybody else in their space. Exactly, exactly. I think the cop realizes, because she's like, I don't want to go over there with you because like, I'm with someone right now. And, and he realizes who she's sitting with and mm-hmm. that, that it's Corey. Yeah. And he starts taunting him about being a kid killer. And then he turns on her and starts taunting her about what she went through. Like he gets down on the the booth real close to her. She's leaning away from him. He's making her really uncomfortable. Corey's steam's coming out of his ears practically. I think the cop says, how could she ever feel safe with you? And Corey just gets up real quick and gets in his face. Yeah, you could tell that shit was about to get bad yeah. right here. And eventually, I think that guy Doug just kind of looks at him like, okay, I may be out of back yeah. off here. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes back to his table and leaves him alone. And you can see Allison, this is kind of upsetting her. Corey and comforts it, her and, and he says, um, she says, yeah, let's burn, burn it to the ground. Let's burn it to the ground. And he says, I'll light the match. Yeah. Uh-oh. Corey takes Allison home on the motorcycle, and they kiss and everything. I like the music in this scene when they're driving home. They share their first kiss, and she asks him if he wants to come inside, and he says maybe another day. She bites him on the nose. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was this scene, wasn't it? Yeah, she bites him on the nose. and just... I think I think we know why he don't want to come in here shortly. Yes, yes. Um, and she goes in, and then he takes off, and then we see a car start up behind him, and this car starts to follow him. And I don't know why I thought this was Michael. <laughs> yeah, well, I can, I mean, I can kind of, I can kind of understand. Michael driving around. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand why you would. But... <laughs> This car is following uh, Corey, and we do kind of see who it is in there. It's the cop. It's that cop, and Corey's kind of pulled into that area where those homeless people are. Yeah. You're like, oh, why is he bringing him here? The underpass. Yeah. Yeah. The cop pulls up there, and Corey is not around. You know, he doesn't see him. Cop, yeah, his name's Doug. He pulls out his flashlight and is looking around. He looks over at, like, his kind of little tent, 
or something like that. And he yeah. walks over and he pulls on the tent and then the body of this hobo falls out. The one he killed. The one he killed. And the, this, uh, Doug kind of freaks out, but then Corey jumps up behind him and, and they fight. Smother him with his jacket or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of tussle a little bit. Corey, you know, I guess it's kind of, Doug kind of does get a little bit the better of him at first. I guess Corey takes off, he goes into the, the drain. And of course, Doug follows him into the drain pipe. You know, he's walking around in there, looking around for him. You know, he's got his flashlight. Of course, it's dark and there's rats and running water in there. And he just flashes his flashlight around. And he sees something on the wall. that's almost like a carving of Michael Myers' mask, which yeah. is very weird. I it's don't like understand. an impression of the side of his face. And yeah. I thought, was there some way he was standing? And he was like, just didn't know he was standing there. But no, it seems to be on the stone. He waves the flashlight around a little bit more. And there's uh, Corey standing there. He's standing like on an upper level. Upper level. Looking down at him and he looks and he just has this smirk on his face. Yeah, And about that time... Michael comes out. Michael comes out and gets, jumps on Doug. Corey kind of jumps in there with him. Yeah, and he's beating the cop of the flashlight. Yeah, and Michael is very weak because he gets actually knocked down. Yeah, he's very frail in this scene. Yeah, it's almost like he's very, well, he's probably very hurt from the previous movies and everything. Yeah, and very Yeah, he's just, point weak. being, is he's very weak. Yes. He's very weak. He, the whole scene, he's holding his side. He hunches his body. Yeah, I remember he was shot, he was stabbed mm-hmm. and everything else. And, and the burnt. Pre- yeah, in, in the previous movie. So, Corey is sitting there kind of fighting a guy, Doug, and he tells Michael, get up, get up. Yeah. And then Michael just stumbles up. Well, he first said, show me how to do it. Yeah, and then, then that's why he says, then he says get up. Me. And it's like, Michael actually does what he says. Well, yeah. Corey holds Doug, and then Michael grabs a knife that's kind of sitting over uh, close by at these uh, rocks, I guess he has sitting there, and he walks over to uh, Doug and just slashes his throat. It's almost like, and then he stabs him, and you can see Michael starting to shake. It's almost like he, it juices him up or Yeah, it's something. almost like it energizes him in a yeah. way. And then Corey's just sitting there watching this. It's almost like, you know, Michael's starting to get that rage, and that rage from that kill is making him stronger. Yeah, I, I, I was like, are we getting into some supernatural stuff yeah, here? Yeah, but yeah. I couldn't tell. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was kind of looking at right there, is that just the, the kill of this is just almost like feeding him. And, of course, this guy, Doug, is dead. Oh, yeah. He yeah, just keeps yeah, stabbing yeah. him. Yeah. And like I was saying, the whole scene... Michael seems kind of frail, and as soon as he's done killing that cop, he stands up straight, like tall and straight and strong again. Yeah, like he's getting his strength back. Yeah. And then we cut back to, uh, Corey is back at, he goes back to Allison's house. Um, Um, Yeah, he ends up at her house, and he says to her he doesn't know what's happening to him. And he looks still kind of beaten and disheveled and everything. But he asks Allison something like, did Myers let you escape or did you just get away? And he says, she says, well, my mom saved me. My mom me. saved me. You see outside that Lori's kind of getting home and she sees through the window that Allison's taking him upstairs. Yeah. And I guess to her room, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And, and Lori's just standing there. I think she's like, well, okay, well, I, maybe yeah. I'll just let them have their time together. And Michael is standing a tree across the yard. I like that that old music that they yeah. used to play yeah. when he would be standing somewhere. 
And he turns around, just walks off, and she turns her head real quick because she heard something. Yeah, but she don't see him. He's gone. And it's almost like she sensed that he was there in a way, too. You know, then the next morning, Corey and her are in bed, and he gets up and uh, leaves. He goes over to her dresser where that scarecrow mask is laying there, and he picks it up. There you go. Yeah, I forgot about that part. That's right. Which is an odd, like, Michael has his mask, and I thought, well, this is going to be his mask. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure either, but we'll find out as time goes on, of course. Then we cut to uh, Allison's back at the doctor's office, and Deb is just rattling on about, uh, hell, I can't remember what she's rattling on about, just some bullshit. She's being her general fuckhead self, that she's not, she's insensitive to everybody, and she says, you're fucking him, aren't you? She's talking about Oh, yeah, there you go, there you go. And that... That it's the perfect love story. Local go- girl falls for town creep. Well, yeah, yeah. And then she says, wouldn't it be been awesome if Lori had fallen in love with Michael? Yeah. <laughs> this bitch. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just like, ugh. Allison yeah. pretty much asks her if she ever shuts her mouth. Yeah, and she's just as oblivious to she's, what. <laughs> I know. And yeah. She just walks out. The yeah. room, like, she has no idea what she says all the time. I think this is the point where we cut to... Isn't this where we cut to Laurie at the bar talking to Lindsay? There's just a little scene where it shows um, the co-worker walking out with the doctor. And then he kind of comes in the room and he, he just kind of tosses a chart at her oh, there, real rudely. And she gets angry and slams that, it on the, the... That's right. She's just getting, you know, sick of that place. And it's yeah. just feeding on that that she wants to leave. She yeah. wants to get away from all this. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's then right. it moves to Laurie talking to Lindsay at the pool hall. Yeah, or bar, she, or whatever. Yeah, and she talks about how you know she kind of felt Michael around. She says Corey's eyes reminded me of Michael's the first time I ever looked into them. And she seems kind of be getting more and more genuinely unnerved about this kid now. And Lindsay's like, "Well, I have somebody over here. Maybe you want to talk to." This is Jeremy's father, Roger. Yeah, he's, he's playing a, pool. Yeah, he's over shooting some uh, eight ball over there. I guess off by himself. And he talks about how, you know, Corey is a good kid. He used to, you know, do lawn work and stuff around his house. And he was a genuinely good kid. And he says, I had to come to terms. Yeah, it was an accident. You know, I don't, you know, I had to get to the point. No, I don't blame him. It was an accident. And that he would probably never, ever get closure because there isn't any. Yeah, yeah, there isn't any. And he says, well, he said one day I thought, well, okay, well, I'm going to talk to Corey and you know tell him i forgive him and everything and stuff like that and he said he drove up to talk to him and Corey kind of just leaned down and looked into the car and you see this and he said he just looked into Corey's eyes then he didn't say anything to him and just drove off and he says what i seen in that eyes wasn't the same boy that used to mow my lawns and do all that this was a different that he knows Corey didn't kill his son but the man he sees now is down a dark path. He makes a comment that was the darkness there only after the accident or was it always there? That's uh, What do you think? It's difficult to I say. I think it was always there. I mean, I think it's always there. It just depends on if you fall into it or not. I think it was always there, but do you embrace it or do you just kind of not well, let it grow? Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, it's the whole nature nurture thing. Are you born evil or are you made evil? Made evil? I mean, you could speculate on that for hours if you wanted to. Uh, that's uh, something that, you know, like I said, something to discuss, that's for sure. Next, we cut to where the doctor's uh, happening pad. Yeah, he's uh, brought the little bitch with him. Yeah, the little dead bitch that you uh, uh-huh. like. I and, guess this is, uh, it's time for her to pay for her promotion. 
Well, I think she'd been paying for it for a while. But, but she I, had to, like, this first time she'd been to his house. Well, now, was she having some under-the-desk time? I don't know. Well, or they were going to uh, <laughs> Motel Sixes or, or something. Yeah, because yeah. she says, this is the, such a rich house, so I don't think she's been here before. No, 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 no. And, you know, he's getting the pad ready, and, you know, she's like, you know, well, I'm going to go grab Wash a shower yeah. and everything. And she goes, and there's, like, this little gift on the bed, and it's like a robe or something, I guess, apparently, she's bought for. And he's outside kind of making a fire around this pool and everything and she's about to get in the shower and then she hears something outside like some, something being rattled or some kind mm-hmm. of loud racket and she's she, like okay doctor who you know so and so and he didn't answer her yeah so she goes outside and it's pitch black where it had some lights before now it's dark but i thought like when she has her back turned and she's walking forward but behind her there was just kept this flicker of light mm-hmm. and i was like i thought was that a plant blowing or I couldn't figure out what it was until she goes over and turns the light on. Yeah. And it's Corey killing the doctor. Yeah. He's got plastic wrapped around the doctor's face and is stabbing him with a corkscrew right in the neck. Uh That's what it looks like. Yeah. And needless to say, she screams and runs. He almost gets in with her. Yeah. And he slams, she slams his glass door and locks it and he can't get in. And she goes over there and starts calling the cops, as you would do in this situation. (laughs) And she keeps looking out at him and looking out at him. And Corey's trying to get in there, and he can't do it. And as she's calling, all of a sudden, this curtain or this door slides from behind her, and there's Michael Myers. And she turns around and screams and tries to run. And Michael almost just walks up and grabs her by the throat and just almost does a a tackle on her. It's like it's a choke tackle yeah up against the wall (laughs) it was very forceful i remember it was very forceful and he grabs her and lifts her up and it's almost like michael looks faintly over to Corey's direction did you notice that yeah he looks at him and then there's also another scene where after yeah he's he's got her up in like the stranglehold on the wall Corey takes his bandage off of his hand and he's flexing his hand yeah. at the same time Michael lifts his knife. And it was just like weird that they have some kind of physical connection. I don't know. I found it funny. I was like, okay, kid, here's how we do this. Yes. Yeah. You yes. know, you want to know how we do this. Because that's what I just kind of looked. I'm like, it was like looking at him like, kid, take your notes. And he has him up there and he takes the knife and he impales her on the wall. Yeah. Like, uh, um, like in the first one. Yeah. Like the a, guy on the kitchen. Y- yeah. And of course, she's just, she isn't looking at Michael. She's looking at Corey, which I found very interesting. She isn't staring straight out at Michael. Mm-hmm. She's looking at Corey yeah. as she dies. And Corey puts his hand up against the uh, glass. Why did they kill them? Because they hurt her? Yeah. I think Michael's just alone for the ride. Yeah. Well, I think it's, uh, yeah. That's He's basically taking him it. to people to kill. Yeah. Like one for me, one for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we cut to a scene of uh, Corey and Allison on his motorcycle, and they're just driving through town. Corey seems to be pretty content with himself now. You know, it's like he's enjoying killing. Yeah, that's when we cut to a scene of both of them are on top of the radio station. <laughs> yeah, Excuse he me. says he used to come there after the accident and just kind of think about things and. And he says he talked about like climbing on top of that radio tower and just jumping off of it at one point. There's one scene where she looks at his hand and she says the word infected. And I think there's a deeper meaning yeah, to that. Yeah, like he's in. Well, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe the hand's infected and Corey's infected. Corey's infected. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I caught that one too. That's what I was thinking. Because she didn't just say, does it hurt or ask him? She just says, infected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I caught that same thing. I, I'm on the same page with you on that. And then he just taught, you know, he kind of just stands up and it's like, well, you know, I'm going to just jump off the side of the building. He's doing the typical toxic guy thing where he's trying to scare her. He makes a comment because she's like, what are you doing? Get away from there. And he makes a comment that he thinks she's scared that she doesn't have enough bandages to keep him together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he won't, every time something happens, he runs to her for comfort, but then he taunts her. If she tries to be concerned about him, mm-hmm. this is not going to end up good no matter what way we went. No, no, yeah. no, no, not at all. I was all. just like, this is a toxic dynamic showing its face. He keeps running to her every time and then he just, he just likes to scare the crap out of her or taunt her, you know, push her away, pull her forward. He just kind of jumps like he's going to jump off the side of the plane. And, and she freak, it freaks her out. And then like, and you just see there was just a little ledge there on the side. And he just he jumped just down, down. To that, down to that. But she laughs because she's not really thinking about the way he's making her feel. He scared her to death. Mm-hmm. But then she just kind of laughs to just not be uncomfortable about what he just did. Yeah, exactly. Then he kind of jumps down again, and then he kind of falls, you know, I get he don't land right, and he kind of falls <laughs> on his back over on the sidewalk. And she's like, are you okay? And then she starts to come down. A radio host comes out. Yeah, and then the, the DJ comes out, and this guy's a, like a complete asshole. Yeah, as a black guy, he almost looks like, he would almost be like a 70s uh, uh, yeah. DJ. I didn't think and about the music that. he plays is kind of... Yeah, and he just kind of walks out like, what's going on out here? Everything all right? This First, is, and then he's like, wait a minute, I know who you are. I know are. who you are. You're a child killer yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you're Corey Cunningham. You go, uh, what are you doing here, you ugly motherfucker? That's basically <laughs> what he says to him. I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> Everybody's uh, mean to him wherever uh, he goes. Yeah. and He says, I know. And she, she just says, we don't mean any harm or something. Yeah. And he says, I know who you are, too. Says, yeah, your grandmother teased this deranged, this deranged guy. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, Where did t- that story ever happen? I don't know. It's almost like these people are making up it's, scenarios it's, on how it's all morphed this... to different things over the years. Well, yeah, and everybody has their own interpretation. And that might be why that people blame her. Yeah, because they got to come up with an excuse yeah. to blame her. Other than that, he was just a crazy person yeah, attacking people. Yeah, and he, and he just targeted her on <laughs> Halloween night. Yeah, because you notice everybody has a different thing that they say yeah. as far as this, and it's all to blame, but really at the end of the day, they don't know and shit. And maybe that's how it is. Yeah. How I'm, everybody, you know, you tell one person and then one person changes one little fact, well, then the next person changes one little fact. Yeah. And it's never what it was. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because I remember when I heard him say that, I'm like, what the? I what was the? Like, he said, he, he she teased a deranged guy. Oh, I thought she, he said something about uh, his brain cells or something. Yeah. I can't remember what, well, she, what I think he it was said. something along those lines. But point, that was just a part that caught me. And he, <laughs> when did that ever happen? Yeah, and he was like, y'all, he tells him, get the hell out of here, y'all are trespassing. Then Allison kind of says, let's leave. Yeah. I want to go with you. I want to be with you. Yeah. Uh, and now, I want to throw this question out here to you. Do you think if they would have left town together... Away from all of this, do you think Corey would have continued to kill people? Yep. You think he would have? Yep. You think he already had a taste for it? Yep. I do too. That's mm-hmm. what I was sitting there thinking. I was sitting there thinking that same thing. I was thinking, he leaves town. I was Because at first I was like, well, Michael won't be there. But would he still continue on? And I think, yeah, he would because he's already got a taste 
to see what it's like because she says that she wants to go with him and all they have to do is get ready to go but we'll see what he does yeah instead of just saying let's go yeah yeah put it behind us i can see that okay (laughs) that's what i was i was thinking that myself so i was just kind of curious what your approach to that was i think their relationship would have gotten very scary. Yeah, well, you can because see Because of things that he it. says coming up, I think that it wouldn't have been good for her. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting. I mean, I don't think, I, I mean, I know the relationship would have went bad, yeah. but I was just wondering would he have continued to kill or not? And I do kind of think he would have yep. because I think he just had, like I said, he had developed. He had this, a taste for he it. He had a taste now. And, he, and it actually makes him happy. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just kind of curious yep. about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess, and then the next scene, you know, I guess, yeah, they're definitely going to want to leave together. And we cut to Corey at his house. And his mom is just railing on his ass and everything. About being with Allison. She says she can smell her on him. Yeah. Is that where he goes every night? She tells him to get out of her house, and then she smacks him. Yeah, and she slaps the shit and out And then him. she immediately walks up and kisses him straight on the lips. Yeah. This woman is weird. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's was, like she's in love with him or something, and she's jealous of other girls around him. That was probably one of the creepiest things I've seen in a movie and I in think a little bit. This dynamic between him and her could have been the origin of his villain story. That's what I was kind of gathering myself. That's what I was kind of uh-huh. gathering myself because, like I said, we don't know about their relationship before then. But yeah. if it was like this before, then this boy was doomed mm-hmm. from the word go. I mean, it kind of goes into that whole thing: are serial killers born or are they created? I mean, I think I never felt like you're born that way, but mm-hmm. I think your environment at times yep. plays a big factor into it. And if he was raised in this kind of environment, uh-huh. odds on the end. She didn't ever let him do mm-hmm. anything or. Just she wanted to smother him all the time, and yeah, I just got this weird feeling off this woman that she had weird because it wasn't like a like a motherly kiss. It was like she kissed him on the lips. The dad sitting, the stepdad just sitting in the chair watching all this. He just tells him, "I hope you find love." Yeah, because the mom just kind of walks off. I think after a little bit, and Corey's just kind of standing there, mm-hmm. and then that's what the dad says. Uh, dad just says, "I hope you find love," which that kind of. Is like an acknowledgement that he doesn't have love in that house. It's that yeah. it's yeah, he's he needs love. And I think he senses that boy needs it and he's just not getting it from his mom. Yeah. But I guess uh and at this point right here we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back we will uh, be wrapping up uh, Halloween ends. And what about the boogeyman? There's no such thing. Richard said he was coming after me tonight. You believe everything Richie tells you? No. Tommy, Halloween night, it's when people play tricks on each other. It's all make-believe. I think Richie was just trying to scare you. I saw the boogeyman. So is he real? Who? The boogeyman. You don't believe in the boogeyman? I believe in Michael Myers, a deranged serial killer, but the boogeyman... Don't go to Haddonfield. You want another victim, take me. But leave those people in peace. You feel it, don't you, Michael? You feel the mask. I always thought Michael Myers was flesh and blood, just like you and me. But a mortal man could not have survived what he's lived through. The more he kills, 
the more he transcends into something else impossible to defeat. You have to stop thinking that we're dealing with a normal man here. We're dealing with a soulless killing machine driven by pure animal instinct. Michael? Michael. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You're talking about him as if he were a human being. That part of him died years ago. Attention all responders, be advised. We have a violent criminal at large. Armed and dangerous. We will deploy all units to front line and tactical officers to search the area. Say something. Say something. Run! Go home now! Before he kills us all, get out of here! Nothing inside that man but pure evil. Say something! This force, this thing that lived inside of you came from a source too violent, too deadly for you to imagine it. It grew inside him, dominating his soul. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. And we are back. And it is Halloween, October 31st. So, you know, something's about to go down. Yeah, and yes, uh, we are, um, and we are at Jeremy's home. Corey's, I guess because the mom threw him out, he's sleeping at that house where Jeremy died. He's laying there, and there's this thud that wakes him up. He just kind of just looks around, and there's Lori sitting with a chair leaned back against a wall. Just she keeps rocking, rocking it back. Rocking it back. Hitting the wall. She talks to Corey as he kind of looks there and says there's two kinds of evil. There's internal and external. Really what this scene she's saying is both of these kinds of evil are like infections in this town. And Corey, uh, or it's just like infections and there's like, I mean, maybe she's like alluding to it's like an infection in this town. And she says, and not, and sometimes you don't even know you're infected. And sometimes you don't even know you're infected. Yeah. Yep, he asked her if she, if he's a bad person and she says, they are both fucked up. <laughs> yeah. She says we're both fucked up. She wants, she says she wants to help, help. him or find help for him. And she says that Allison is not equipped for this relationship with him. Mm-hmm. That he needs to leave Allison alone. Yeah. He immediately gets angry and says that Lori started all of this and that she invited him in. That she's the one to blame for mm-hmm. all this. He sits down on the staircase and he says, if I can't have her, no one will. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yes. She says for her, he says for her to let Allison live her life, that she has him now. And then he says something along the lines to her, like, I think in some ways you're almost secretly hoping Michael comes for you. He looks over at her and he says, you should give in. You should surrender to that feeling you had the first time you looked into his eyes. That she secretly hopes 
Michael comes yeah, back there you go. for her. There you go. He says, I'm the psycho. You're the freak show. When he kind of looks back, she's gone. Yeah, she's gone. So does that explain the scene with him and Michael? He surrendered in that moment yeah. to what he saw in him? Or was it Michael looking at him or was he looking at Michael? Maybe both. I mean, it's like I said, There's, I don't know that there's any wrong, right or wrong theory. <laughs> I know. That. There's no know. right or wrong here. And then we cut to, I think it's, this is Allison. She's at work. Uh, and she's at work, yes. He's calling her and he asked her, can she meet him at nine o'clock? And he kind of mentions that her grandmother wants to kill him. Yeah. He knows that Lori's in the way now, and he's got to start poisoning their relationship. Yeah, poisoning her brain. Her thought process to her grandmother that she's trying to break them up. She's trying to get in between them. Yeah, got to start putting them wheels in motion and putting that up. Toxic bullcrap. Yep, that's exactly what this is. You got to start doing that very quickly. Next, we see Corey going into the storm drain. Yeah, he just walks up to Michael and starts attacking him. Yeah, he says, I want your mask. I want it. Or something along those lines. I just, I had a really hard time in this movie just taking Michael's passive away in this movie. Well. What was it about this kid? I think it was partially, like I said, even though Michael seemed to be gaining strength from his kills, he seemed to be still very weak. I, I just had the thought, Michael's making a friend. Yeah, I'm well, so proud of you, Michael. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, uh, I guess maybe not the right friend, but a friend <laughs> just the same. But this kind, of, this friend right here actually gets the best of Michael, knocks him down. Takes his mask. Takes his mask and crawls out of the drain. And just as uh, Corey's out of the drain, Michael races up. He, he does his normal sit-up. <laughs> Is this the part, point where we cut to... The gas station. The gas station. The and then bullies And then band toughs. Are there. I can't believe I keep calling <laughs> them band toughs. I keep calling them that. And that's just so weird because you don't put them two words together. I because... guess I, I, didn't, I didn't connect that until you said that. But one of them does have a band coat on. They're in band. They and then one admitted. of them spinning drumsticks. Yeah, they're in band. And that's what was so weird to me. And I never thought I'd say the word band toughs in the same <laughs> right together there. But but this is where we are. <laughs> they walk out to their car and then they see he Corey carved, what is that? He psycho. Psycho into the car. They uh, realize it's him. He's kind of sitting over near the gas pumps on his motorcycle. Yeah, and then they just look like, you know, and then he takes off and they just, you know, they yeah, race they, after they, him. Yeah, they race after him. Which is what he means for him to do. Uh, then we cut back to Lori's house, and Lori notices <laughs> Allison has been packing. She's packing. She starts telling her yeah. about what she thinks about Corey, that she sees Michael in Corey. She sees Michael in him. That kind of sets Allison off because you know how she was in the last movie that everything was Michael, 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 Michael. Now she's tried to... She's saying that she's trying to pretend that she's still not that way, but she really is that way. She's still obsessed with death and all this stuff, and that she wants to leave. Yeah. She wants to be with Corey. Yeah. They get into a pretty bad argument Bitch about off, this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Allison just pushes Lori out the door. I I'm trying to remember what exactly it was that Lori was saying outside the door. Oh, I didn't write anything about that. I had it here. I thought I had it here. But what she says, something else, I think it was something about her parents. And Allison opens the door and she basically blames Laurie. For losing her friends, losing and, uh, her parents. Because of what you yeah. brought. 
So because here she is blaming her. Now she's blaming Lori for this. Like, damn. And it's just like, Lori didn't make him escape. <laughs> she was trying to warn everybody that he would. And that just shows you how far Allison's twisted up in her head because yeah. of him, the yeah. way he makes her feel. Because she knows she took him on. She knows he's real. She knows that her mother had nothing, her grandmother had nothing to do with of that. Of course, of course. She's just angry at her, I guess. Well, that's what it is because she even knows better than that. Because she was there. She was one of them that was around that kept, yeah. you know, warning and warning and mm. wanting to be prepared. And very happily, her mom was prepared or they would have died a lot sooner. Yes. You know, so, you know, as I said, it was just her lashing out. And she just basically slams the door back in Lori's face. Then we cut back to the junkyard. And this is where Corey has uh, lured these guys. Yeah, and he pretty much boxes them in. He closes the fence on them so they can't get back out. Well, yeah, you see as they pull in there and they're about to get out of the car, you notice that the fence gate. behind them, or yeah. the other gate, the gate just closes And there's just up. a wrecker sitting in this weird, odd place. Yeah, there's a wrecker sitting yeah. there. And then you see Corey's motorcycle sitting there. So they're like, okay, well, he's definitely here. This scene felt very maximum overdrive. <laughs> I actually have another one that's even more like this scene, but I'll bring it up Carrie. later. No, yep. not Carrie. No, Carrie? No, not Carrie. Uh, and also, the junkyard, of course, Corey's stepdad is there. I guess he's doing Night Watchmen night duties. Night Watchmen, uh, yeah. Duties that night, because he's yeah. sitting there watching a great John Woo movie, Hard Target, <laughs> on uh, his uh, computer with uh, headphones on. So he ain't hearing nothing that's going no. on. Which, uh-uh. that movie you're not going to, because there's so much gunfire in it anyway. Yeah. The the main uh, uh, band tough. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, he looks around at Corey's back and says, okay, well, I got what we're going to do here. We're going to take that chain over and here and bike. drag his bike until it's just a hunk of metal. And he tells uh, one of the guys, I think his name is... Billy. I, I won't say it's Billy. It's yeah, Billy, go, yeah, go get the car ready and everything. Yeah. You know, they're wrapping the chain around, and then he calls out uh, Billy. You know, go ahead and come on over here you mm-hmm. know, or, or pull up here and nothing. And he keeps calling for them, and they walk over to the car, or one of them walks over to the car. I think it's, uh, yeah, and then he looks in there. Yeah, it's the main, the main one. one. He walks over there and says, Billy, and Billy has been killed. Yeah, and I don't know how he killed him so close to them. Was in a car. He yeah. kills him in like stab, like he stabbed him in the eye. Yeah, there was like some kind of something sticking out of his eye. Yeah, he stabbed him in the eye. I couldn't tell what it was exactly, but he stabbed him in the eye. And, you know, of course, he freaks out, which, you know, you would in that situation. The tow truck starts up. This is where the point where this movie kind of gave me some Christine vibes. That's what I meant. I didn't mean Carrie. I yeah. meant Christine. Yeah. Uh, I started getting yeah. a lot of vibes of Christine from this. Then the truck starts up and the two girls and the band Tufts here. <laughs> One of them has some freaky Gen Z hair. Yeah, very frizzy hair. Gen Z has some weird hairstyles. Well, a lot of people probably said that about hairstyles when I was a kid. You well, know. they're very gender neutral, this generation. And it's almost like a curly, poofy. I mean, that's why I can't get on the hairstyles that much. Because, you know, like when I was a kid, there was a lot of the Kentucky waterfall kind of hairstyles, you know, business in the front, party in the back. One of, of the boys had that? Yeah, one of them actually had that. Yeah, the yeah. one that just got killed in the car did. But, like I said, this um, tow truck starts up and chases the two girls. And one of them gets over the fence yeah. and she takes off. The other one gets over but doesn't quite make it out from in front of the fence before the tow truck just runs right through the fence door and just plows right over. And this is a barbar bar fence, too. 
Yeah, and she's like trapped up under the grating of the fence. Is this the point where the main one goes up to the window Corey's and, dad and tells him, you know, help, yeah. I need help. And the dad comes out. I th- think the one band member, um, he walks up to the girl that's hung under the fence. He's trying to help her. Well, it's a girl. Oh, it's a girl. Yeah, she walks up to the girl. And then I guess you see Corey walk oh, out of yeah. the car. Yeah. And he walks or out of the uh It's uh, Corey, but wrecker. he looks like Michael. Yeah, out of the wrecker and he walks <coughs> around and he's got like a like a big pipe wrench or something. Yeah, and he in beats his hand. her over the head with it. And then he yeah, he takes his girl out with the I wrench. kept having to remind myself that this was Corey, this wasn't Michael. Yeah. Uh because he has on the uh mask. Yeah, the mask and he has on the kind of the cover jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, jumpsuit kind of thing. Like I said, he kills this uh, one girl. And then uh, the stepdad gives the what, the main ba- uh, band tough his, uh, a gun, and he grabs his pistol, and he goes outside, and he tells that boy, wait here. And then the uh, dad, stepdad walks out, and he goes out there to see, you that know, the wrecker. And she is there, like, she's still alive. Yeah, she's just ripped up from the barbed wire, but she's still alive. Yeah, she's up under the grating, and she can't get out. And then... The main uh, band tough, he walks out with the gun, and then you see Corey standing there behind the stepdad without the mask on. The stepdad turns around and looks, and he's like, oh my God, what is this? Yeah. You know, basically, he's just kind of stunned to see him there, and then he turns around and looks at the other guy, the band tough, with the rifle up, and he's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And he stands up just as the kid fires, and the stepdad is shot in the head. What do you think about him taking his mask off? He did that because the stepdad was there. Uh, he wanted to look innocent. <sighs> right? He didn't want to look like he was the one doing the killing. I want to say that. But I want to say that is also to lure the other kid out and to kind of distract the dad. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if he... Uh, it's just weird. Do you think he intentionally was looking to kill the dad? Well, he, he didn't react when yeah, it happened. Yeah, that's what I know. That's what, I don't know. That's very, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you could look at it either way. Because, you know, I said the dad stands up and he takes a bullet right in the skull. Yep. And he's he's done Ow. for. And, of course, Corey is gone. And then we got the uh, main little uh, band tough guy. He walks over and he's trying to get the girl out of the grate. Or yeah. up under the fence, I mean. She asks where the other girl is, and he says, she's dead. She's dead. And then she looks up over his head, and she says, you are too. Yeah, you are too, which is very... <laughs> weird. Yeah, you know, very weird and very kind of creepy in a way. Yeah. Turn around, and you see that Corey has... I think he takes the butt of the shotgun, and he hits this kid in the head and knocks him down. Yeah, he drags him over, and... Uh... <laughs> yeah, and then... Corey starts up a blowtorch. And he just torches down his throat. Yeah, and he is just burning this oh, kid's. No. I mean, I mean that, this that's probably the worst killing other uh, than the DJ guy. Yeah, well, we'll get to that here shortly. <laughs> and I mean, it's a, you don't really see it exactly, but you see. You get the uh, point. You see enough of it to know what's going point. on. And that girl's still screaming up under this uh, fence. And then uh, Corey gets up and stands over her. He's got on the Michael Myers mask, and he looks just like Michael. And she's screaming like, no, no, no. And he takes his foot and just crushes her skull. Pumpkin head. Yeah, and crush, and she is done. Then you see Corey taking off on his, in the wrecker. Yeah, he gets back in the wrecker, and he's gone. And he goes back to his house. 
And uh, the stepmom is there watching TV, and she's—I think she thinks it's the stepdad because she says his name. Corey just walks into the house. He grabs a kitchen knife. He walks into the living room, and then the mom turns around and then sees him and screams. And you know, I, well, she's done too. <laughs> so he's making his rounds here on Halloween night, and then we cut to the radio station. Well, it shows Allison headed to the, um, she's at the diner. Oh, okay. I had that after. This. I guess she's, me- this is probably around nine o'clock where she's supposed to be meeting him. But I think he sent her there to keep her away from every, you know, to not know what he was doing. She's going to be sitting there waiting for him. Oh, okay. I had that after because I had her pulling up at the restaurant just as after this happened. But maybe I had it wrong. I thought that was where she, when she was pulling up at the restaurant. But, yeah, like I said, maybe I had it off. But Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. I just, I didn't type very much about the scene with the yeah, DJ. Yeah. Point being is Corey goes to, he, he pulls up at the, the uh, radio station. He gets out. He walks up to the door. The receptionist is there. She's doing, like, ghost, what you call them, kind of paper dolls. And anybody who watches Joe Bob Briggs knows this is Darcy the male girl oh, on Joe Bob Briggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, that's who this is. Because I totally, I looked at her at first one, first time I watched her, I'm like, I know who that is. And then I got to looking at her again real quick. I, oh, I know who exactly who that is now. And she asked if uh, I can help you. And the DJ is in there, you know, just doing his show. And behind, you can see Corey killing the girl, the, the receptionist. He has his headphones on, so he can't yeah, hear anything. Yeah, yeah, so he can't hear shit either. And then Corey walks into the DJ booth, and he grabs the DJ and starts to slam his head into the console and to the point where it's like breaking his jaw. Oh. And it just smashes the lower end of his, the lower half of his face, his mouth and everything. Yeah. Because when he finally raises him up, yeah. His tongue is literally hanging out of his yeah. mouth. He's just smashed it so hard. And then there's a pair of scissors. Corey takes it and just cuts his tongue off and it flops right down there on the record Ugh. playing. Brutal. Yeah. It, now, this is the most brutal killing. I, I guess he's literally going through town taking out everybody that's ever bullied him. Or wronged him. Wronged like him. Wrong hurt him. him. And that's just the difference between him and Michael. Michael, yeah. it was random. It wasn't personal. There was nothing personal about it. Right. So that's Michael was a shark. He didn't yeah. care. He just right. like, you know, I'll swim by this person. I ain't yeah. going to kill him. But this person right here, I'm going to get. There was mm-hmm. no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. Corey has specific people yeah. he's going after. And this is why I said earlier when you asked me, did, would he continue to do that? Because he knew they were leaving town. Yeah. Why did he need to do any of this? Well, there you go. He there just wanted go. to just yeah. take them all out. Yep. And this is the point Allison pulls into the restaurant and she's listening to the radio station and the record is skipping. Because the guy's head's laying on well, it. Well, no, the tongue is laying <laughs> on it. Because every time it hits the needle, it's bumping the there. needle up, and then it's going back around and dropping, and mm-hmm. then the, the tongue is like bumping up against the needle <laughs> on the record, which is, uh, that's pretty wild. She, you know, of course, she's in there waiting on Corey. Oh. He isn't showing up. Laurie tries to call her on her cell phone, but Allison so, sends it to voicemail. Yeah, sends it to voicemail. She isn't answering. Then Allison goes to Corey's house and knocks on the door, but no one answers. And you see the mom's body inside, yeah. and she's been stabbed and mm-hmm. killed. So you know he, yeah, he definitely, yep. yeah, he got her. This when we cut back to uh, Lori's house, and Lori is there 
I think she tries to call Allison again, and of course, no response. And she just starts to kind of lock up the house, you know, for yep. tonight, I guess, you know, and she grabs a bottle of a uh, bottle of liquor. I guess apparently she started drinking again. I think she does feel a little bit nervous. Like she feels like. I mean, it's, well, it's Halloween. Well, so. yeah, but I've kind of wonder what we're seeing here is kind of a put on by what happens here shortly. And she's just kind of like she's going through her normal nightly routine. She grabs mm-hmm. the bottle and then she goes up to her room and she sits down at her desk and starts looking over her papers, you know, the stuff that she's been writing. And then she opens the safe up. Well, she lights her pumpkins first. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a pumpkin. Which, why right she there. has pumpkins in her bedroom is weird. I, but... I don't know either. I mean, it's odd. It's cool looking. It's yeah. just odd. Um, I've never seen that before. But she lights them up, and then that's when she goes and sits down and looks through her papers. And then she opens up a, like a safe or something or a locked drawer gets a there and out. gets a, 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 all, a revolver. revolver. Yeah, a revolver. Then she picks her cell phone up and she calls the police to report a suicide. Yeah, she called in a suicide to the police. It's like she's really upset and yeah. you're just sitting there thinking. Now, the first time I watched this, I thought, is this what we're going to do here? Yeah, I did too. Because I thought, well, maybe the trailer lied to me. And, you yeah. know, you thought there's going to be this big final battle. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it caused the truth. I was almost kind of convinced of this very briefly. And she starts crying. And then she just walks to a corner of the room. And then outside the room, you hear a gunshot. And then a splatter against the wall. What? And then you hear something sound like it fell. And you're like, holy shit. And like I said, that got me there briefly. I did, It did too. I was like, what? About that time, a hand moves on the door and opens the door up. And she's standing there with a gun pointing at him. And she goes, did you really think I'd kill myself? Oh, yeah. And then she <laughs> fires two shots to what we see is Corey. Corey. And he, he was falls there. down the, kind of like how Jeremy did. He just falls over the railing. Yeah, falls over the railing and mm-hmm. hits the floor. And to me, it makes me wonder... Did she sense he was in the house or was coming for her? I think she did. That's what I was kind of gathering too. So she was kind of make, kind of Mm -hmm. luring him in. Because of what happened between, you know, what their last thing that he said to her. And I think she felt like he was going to come for her. That's what I was kind of gathering too. And I thought maybe this was her kind of Mm -hmm. doing it, kind of lull him in so that she could draw him out and then take him out if she had to, which she, yeah, she popped two caps in his fucking (laughs) ass. And I said, like you said, he falls over the railing on the stairs like uh, Jeremy did. Lori goes down and basically snatches his ass up and says, you know, I tried to find compassion for you. Yep. And then she shoots all her bullets in the wall. Yeah, just to make sure to go, show him that the gun's she in. She doesn't have And any. if she, he wants to come for her, go ahead. Yeah, she, she said, she, if she you can't. came to kill me, do it. Yeah, there's no, I don't got any bullets here. Mm-hmm. And by the time we see Allison is pulling up outside. And he hears her car. Yeah, and Corey hears her car. And uh, I think uh, Lori says, you think Allison will be with you and everything? And I, didn't he say something along the lines? Well, of he gonna... said, if I can't have her. Nobody. And then before he can say no one will, he stabs himself in yeah, the neck. Yeah, he puts the knife right in so his So he's throat. framing her to try Because yeah. when Allison comes in, he knew it was over. That he wasn't going to be able to explain away yeah. what he did. So 
He's just leaving it where she's going to think Lori killed him. Yeah, and of course, I think Lori did not expect this no. because yeah, it comes in and Lori's pulled the knife out of him. Mm-hmm. And that's about the time Allison comes in and sees Lori with the knife in her hand. And she just screams like, what have you done? And she just gets down there at Corey and he's just dying right there. Yeah. He's bleeding out. And she just screams and she's just like, she yeah. just storms out. Lori's oh. destroyed. Yeah, and mm. she just slides down and just sits on the floor and she's just sitting there and you know of course allison is driven off and then she hears a noise i thought she saw like a shadow at the door well i think it's a shadow and the noise too because it's almost like somebody clicked the door open she looks around and i think she senses like oh you know i think she just knows right then and then we see a hand Reach over for the Myers mask. Or, you know who that is. Yep, and he's put he's it like, on. He's like, I'm coming back for my mask. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, that's uh, what Karen did in Halloween Kills. You know, yep. took his mask and he went off after it. Yep, that's his mask. Yeah, and uh, as he puts the mask on, he grabs the knife. Corey grabs... His arm, his, his hand. His hand. Then Michael just reaches over and grabs Corey's head. And it's almost... I, at first, I thought he was going to crush his skull in. But he just grabs Corey and Corey's just struggling and ain't doing no good and michael just breaks his neck but they have a moment where they stare at each other again and it's almost like if you're talking about draining power getting power Mm -hmm. it's like michael takes Corey's power back from him and then Corey's pretty much gonna die and he breaks his neck yeah he just breaks his neck and he just pretty much finishes him off laurie starts locking doors well she knows that he's in there so she's trying to get to a room where she can She's not so easily found. Yeah, but I, I, I remember she walks up to one door and locks it. Oh, I don't remember that. Because I, I thought, she's in the utility room. Well, I, I thought that was just interesting because I'm like, okay, so she's locking the door. I think she just realizes I don't want him to escape, but I don't want anybody to come in either, in a way. I thought that was maybe what that was, but yeah, you're right. And then we cut to her, like I said, she goes into the pantry and hides. And then we cut to Allison and she looks like she's just driving and she is like near the radio station and it looks like it's on fire. And she gets out and she checks her phone and she notices she's had a call. Yeah, but I think when she's staring at that radio station on fire, I think she is starting to put it together. Put it together, yeah. That he never showed up when he was supposed to meet her. He pretty much lurked, had her go to the diner so that he could kill all these people and she wouldn't be with him yep that's what i'm kind of gathering myself so she realizes she has a voicemail from hawkins and he's asking her where Lori is that there was a suicide call that came from her address and then uh, allison gets in the car and Mm -hmm. heads back in that direction and then we see michael walking through the house like he's looking around for you know Lori in there did he know it was her he's just he just knows there's somebody there to you truth i don't know that either (laughs) i wondered that myself because we kind of established that in the the last one that he doesn't really see her as anything. No. She saw herself as something to him. Yeah. But he's not. Yeah. He doesn't I, see her that way. That's what I kind of gather too. I mean, I, I don't know. You can open that up to interpretation yeah. as well. He's like walking through the kitchen looking for her. And he looks over in the microwave or something like cooking in the microwave. Lori is like in the pantry. And there's like this little thing banging up against the side yeah. like a, a little bell or something and she just keeps looking at it like oh god this thing you know it's like it's giving her giving it away and michael walks over there because the noise just kind of stops all of a sudden 
and he walks over there toward the pantry. And about that time, the microwave dings, turns off. He looks over at the microwave. Lori comes bursting out of the door and knocks the <laughs> shit out of him. This is when the knockdown drag out fight. Yeah, they throw each him. other all around the kitchen. This is a very closed quarters kind of fight all in yeah. one room. And it's very brutal. It's a very brutal fight. Yeah, they both, I mean, not, neither one's really getting it on the other. They're, no, no. They're both they're coming bo- at each yeah, other. Yeah, they're both giving each other pretty good. I noticed the la- in these last scenes that Michael groans and moans a lot. Like, well, it's like I said, he I still is. geriatric bones. <laughs> well, he's in, He, I mean, he's still probably in a lot of pain. And I mean, while he's drawing, it's almost like he's drawing power from <laughs> these like, kills. He's like, bitch, I'm tired of fighting with you. Time to get me some yeah, social security and well, retire, to, retire to the sewer pipes for good. Yeah. Whether he gets social security or not, we're going to find out here soon. He might be getting something else. But I do like how he tries to put her hand down in the trash thing. Or garbage disposal. Garbage disposal, yeah. I mean. And you can almost hear it clipping her tips of her finger or clipping something. Yeah. Because she just does this back headbutt against his uh, I know. skull. And she grabs a, a like a knitting knit yeah, needle. Yeah, you had seen her one. earlier knitting like a scarf or something. And yeah. I think this is the good, the neat callback to the original. Yeah, but this time it's Michael that ends up getting it and yeah. putting it in in she's, the side of her face. Yeah, she stands up and tries to get him, but he catches her hand and yeah. then he ends up sh- like stabbing her in the side of the head with it. Yeah, like, I know. I mean, this is just a brutal ass fight. Mm-hmm. Then there's the point, and I think this is where we hit the beginning of the end, is where she takes Michael and catches his hand on the... Uh, she stabs his hand through the kitchen island. The kitchen island there. So he's pinned, his his hand is pinned down with this knife. She stabbed through his hand. Yes. When Then she pretty much tackles him up onto the kitchen island and stabs him through the chest. Yeah, and then she reaches around and grabs another knife out of the drawer, and she just plunges it right. Yeah, like you said, right. Well, he in the sits chest. straight. He after she stabs in the chest, he sits straight up again at her, and she stabs his other hand in midair. Yeah, yeah. And then takes him down on there and stabs his hand through the kitchen all again, and then she turns around and gets a cast iron skillet and, and then uses it almost to hammer that knife as deep as she can into the yeah, so the he, island. He's basically crucified. Yeah, he can't get up. And then she turns around and knocks the refrigerator down on his legs. Yeah, like so I said. So big he, boy's in trouble. Yeah, he's crucified mm-hmm. on this uh, yeah. on this kitchen island. Yeah, mm-hmm. he ain't going nowhere. And then Lori just kind of reaches out and grabs another knife out of the drawer. I so. like the scene. She turns the knife. It's a huge kitchen knife. She turns the knife so that he can see his own reflection in the side of yeah, the knife. Yeah, I like that too. That was pretty neat. And then she just runs it across his eyes so that he can see. Mm-hmm. Stabs him in the side. And he immediately starts kind of bleeding out, you can tell. She says, I've run from you. I've chased you. I've tried to contain you. Tried to forget you. She thought maybe he was the boogeyman. Then she says, but he's just a man. A man that's about to stop breathing. Yeah. Then she slits his throat. Well, I thought she plunges into his side first. No, she did that before. Oh, okay. Because yeah. uh, I remember there was one where she just puts it right Well, that's side. she did that, and then she's talking to him oh, while uh, okay. he's bleeding out. I had that mixed then up. Then she slits his throat, and suddenly he rips his hand out of the knife and grabs her throat. Yeah, and he's trying to basically... He's take her with him. Yeah, if I'm going to die, I'm going to break yeah. your neck and take you with me. 
And he, she tells him, do it. It starts playing the theme music. And she tells him, do it. Do it. And remember, that's what Allison said in the last last movie. Um, then we get all the flashbacks to all the times she's fought him in the different movies. And he just continues to strangle her. And then Allison runs in the room and breaks his arm. Yeah, she just grabs his arm. He had it around Lori's throat. Yeah, and just breaks right. his I arm. Was like, oh, my God. I was like, ow. And then Lori takes a knife and slits his wrist. And she doesn't slit it from side to side. She slits it for the long length. Which yeah. is how you do it. Now, was that Lori that did that or Allison that did no, that? No, Lori did it. Okay. Uh, now, yeah. that was the part I didn't Lori did it. tell that good because I thought it was Allison that did it. But no, I was Lori like, well, did no, it. maybe it was Lori that did it. And it shows, like, as he keeps bleeding out, it kind of pans down on the floor and you see a reflection of Lori and his blood, in the blood just looking down at it. This is about the point, the, of course, the police show up a day late and a dollar short, <laughs> right? Like they always do. You know, <laughs> even in a small town, they can't get there on time. Uh, Hawkins is there with him, I guess, you know, even though he ain't a cop anymore, they called him to... Well, he knew that, you know... Something was going wrong. He he just bust in and he he goes in and they're still in the kitchen with Michael's body still kind of laying there. And he says, Michael, she says, he's dead. And Allison says, he's not dead enough. Yeah, he's not dead enough. I mean, yeah, they walk in on some carnage. I mean, there's Corey's body on the floor and there's blood Mm -hmm. everywhere. And like you said, yeah, he's dead, but not enough. And then we cut to them strapping Michael's body to the top, to the top, of, top a car. of the car. And they are driving. It's almost like this funeral procession, procession. that's going through the, the town. The whole town is like following behind him. They want to show that you're this boogeyman, this person that is over this town is finally dead. Finally and dead. we're going to yeah. put this to rest tonight. They end up at the scrapyard, and it made me think that how many times they showed this metal crusher thing. Anytime they were in that scrapyard, mm-hmm. it would concentrate on that crusher. They must put like metal oh, yeah. parts they just in there, metal up in it, yeah. like aluminum and all kinds of stuff. And it shows people that have been affected by him, like that little boy from the last one, the first one, the woman. The woman that killed her husband and she can't talk anymore. She's in a wheelchair. Yeah, because actually that little boy that he's kind of, you can see that he's grown yet killed his babysitter and his mom and dad. Because wasn't his mom and dad the nurse? No. And the, I thought that well, that's what they said. Well, that's that little shit that lives across the street. Oh, was that? That wasn't them. Okay, okay, that's right. That's I right. originally thought that, but no. Because yeah. he's like, no, that's that little shit when they seen him on the TV. They're they like, that's they... that little shit from across the street. That's right, that's right, that's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so they're pretty much moving out of the way so Lori can get up there and yeah. be the one to... Yeah, well, they take Michael's body off of the car they and just, just kind of move him around like a, he's being a mosh pit. <laughs> yeah, and that's they what just, I thought. Yeah, they're moving him over to this... Uh, a crusher thing. Allison turns it on and you see the blades and everything grinding in there. Uh-huh. Lori pushes him over. And Michael's in there and pushes Michael's body in and if you have any doubts that he's dead yes. uh, before, yes. then this will put those doubts to rest. His body is crushed graphically. Yeah, There's I, no way this motherfucker can come back. Yeah, he's done. Yes. Yeah, he's done. I don't know. I have to admit that was a uh, that wow. was pretty that was pretty rough. And it tripped me out. Remember we talked about our dream ends of what it would end. Yours was like a dark night, dark night rises, <laughs> kind of ending. And mine was that they all ripped him apart. Yeah, yeah. Mine was closer. Yeah, yours was closer. <laughs> mine would have mine would have pissed off fans more. But well, they're know, already pissed uh, off. Oh well, so. yeah, yeah. I already seen that. 
you know, and then, you know, I guess that's basically, he is no more. Yeah. He is done. And then we cut back to, I guess this is the next day, and Laurie and uh, Allison are sitting there at the table. Is it is that this scene? Or no, uh, Laurie's finishing her book up, right? Mm-hmm. Or she's she, retyping well, on the Well, there's book. like a, a voiceover, and she said that, that his body was disposed of, and he would not have a grave star, stone or a marker or anything to go. give there name to where, him yeah. at all. Then it shows them talking at the kitchen table, and Allison tells Lori she knows she was right about Corey, that he killed those people. Yeah. And at least she understands that, you know, Lori, yeah. now that Lori was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything. I, at it. I think she can just kind of let that whole thing go mm-hmm. now that she realizes that, well, you know, gra- Grandma was a little more on top of this than I yep. was. I think this is the next scene where we see Allison driving... Which, you know, I guess she's just, the town there, there's just too much there for her to stay. Mm -hmm. You know, too much damage to her and she's just going to go start, I guess, a new beginning for her. And then Laurie says, you know, if this is the start of new things and she's back at her house finishing her book. Yeah. She's talking about things. And I think the last words are evil doesn't die. It just changes shape. Yeah. She's like saying goodbye to her boogeyman. And yeah. yeah, Like you said, evil never dies. It just Just changes shape. It just changes shape. Her doorbell rings and she goes out and it's Hawkins. Yeah. He brought her a bunch of vegetables that he's also been growing in a garden. Yeah. It's like a little bundle of vegetables. And then uh, Lori answers the door and, um, you know, he says, "Why, well, you know, I brought these for you and everything and mm-hmm. checking on her. And she just was kind of just looking at him for a minute. She's just looking at him and she comes outside and sits down and she says, well, what was it that you were saying about the cherry blossoms? And he gets up there and he walks up and he sits down there. I guess, you know, maybe... They'll go to is, Japan together yeah, and they'll... go to Japan. Maybe, yeah, you know, just travel. Allison leaves. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that she can't go with him if yeah. he decides to go to Japan. Yeah. So, and it kind of ends with them sitting on the front porch together. And then we cut two shots of all the rooms of where Corey or Michael were. Yeah. Was and that Fear the no Reaper? Point. Yeah. And then, of course, the ending credits. We have yeah. Don't Fear the Reaper, Fear the Reaper. Blue, Blue Oyster. Cool. Yeah. And then that is the end, end of the movie. And I guess now what we're going to do is we're going to go into our uh, trivia mm-hmm. of this film. I mean, I don't have a whole lot, so but I think you said you had a little bit more than me. I'm just going to read a few things. Okay, sure thing. Go um, right in keeping tradition with Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills using the opening title fonts of Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2 1981, Halloween ends using the blue font titles from Halloween 3. Yeah, I didn't ever think about that. I didn't ever notice that in all honesty. There's a shot of Lori looking down from her home to see Corey near a bush looking up at her from the sidewalk. Only for him to disappear, which recreates a similar setup in Halloween 1978 where she sees Michael in the backyard from her bedroom. I thought it was actually a stab at two separate scenes. It was. Because... Her looking down would have been him with the clothesline. Yeah. But him standing by the bush was when she was walking up the sidewalk. It, it was a mix of both. Yeah, that's it was what a I mix thought. Of both. Yeah. yeah. Body kill 18. That sounds about right. I didn't count the body count in this, but that does sound about right. And you, Okay, that was about the thing that you said earlier about the, they were watching the original. Yeah, they were watching the Carpenter version in this one, but the original movie, they were watching the uh, original version of the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. In December 2021, it was revealed that Kyle Richards would be reprising her role for the film. Initially, the character was not expected to return for the film. 
but following the positive reception to Richard's performance, the script was rewritten to give her an expanded role. Well, and I Which I thought she was less in this one. Well, I don't know. I mean, well, she was, but she wasn't in this one about as much as the previous one, wasn't she? Roughly? You know, give or take. I mean, because, I mean, I thought she was good in the previous one. I mean, she didn't have a big part in it, but she was good. And I thought she was fine in this, too. I think she kind of missed her calling not really doing any acting anymore and instead going to doing Real yeah. Housewives kind of stuff. Which Who was, was she married to? I don't know. I don't you know. had to be married to somebody to be a housewife of them. Oh, I don't know. I, I tried to watch some of that stuff one yeah, time. Yeah, they're and, just and vapid it, creatures. It, just, it, it made my head hurt the so bad. The things that they find important and stressful is not normal yeah, things. It's a non-issue. It's like watching it? the Kardashians. Oh, I've never They flip that out either. over the stupidest things. It's like, nobody lives like you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I get a it's life. It's a very alien life to me. <laughs> The high school kids ride in a black convertible. This is homage to Halloween 5 and the character of Mike, who obsesses over his black convertible in the film. Both cars end up being vandalized. Yeah, it's true. I didn't think about that either. I didn't think about that aspect of it. And the last one I'm going to do is, during, during their final confrontation, Michael's face is reflected in Lori's knife. This is a bit of a visual callback to the posters for Halloween 5, Halloween 6, and Halloween Resurrection. That's the closest this trilogy ever got gets to those movies, really. Huh. I didn't think about that either. I never even noticed that. Okay, that's all I'm going to Okay, do. well, mine is like, well, mine's basically very quick and just kind of cut and dry stuff. Uh, the budget for this film was roughly around $20 million, give or take. It was filmed in and around Georgia from January to March of 2022. So they kind of knocked this out in the space of a few months. And it was filmed under the working title Cave Dweller. And they usually do that with movies because if someone knows that a Halloween movie is filming, you're going to have a lot of people around, right. crowds around. Just trying to keep people away. Yeah, so they film it under a different title so it throws people off. That makes sense. Yeah, so and that's kind of what they did here. And do you think he went into the cave because they tore his house down? I feel safe to say probably so. You don't know where to go. Yeah, probably so. I mean, mm-hmm. that's very probable. And uh, I just find it interesting that these Three films were filmed in different locations around this area. The first one of this trilogy was filmed in Charleston, around Charleston area in in South Carolina. Second one was filmed in North Carolina. Third one, filmed in Georgia. I just found it interesting that they kind of stayed in this general area around here. Because like I said, I still remember at the time the uh, 2018 one was being filmed, I would see on Facebook at times where there'd be people posting pictures of running into Jamie Lee Curtis at a Walmart down there. Wow. In she was, I guess down there picking up stuff and people would be getting pictures with her, you know, and everything. And I just thought that was pretty cool. I was like, damn, I wish I could have went down there and seen them filming this. I thought that would have been cool as hell. But, yeah, I just found that pretty interesting when I looked that up on how all three of these films were filmed roughly around in the same area. But like I said, that's pretty much my trivia on this. I didn't have a whole lot to go on. Yeah. And what we're going to be doing here is this is going to be basically our general discussion and final thoughts on this film. We both kind of have, I feel, a lot of things to say about this one. Mm -hmm. And I guess kind of spoiler alert on our reviews. I don't think they're going to be bad ones. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be a gentleman and it's going to be ladies first on this one. And I'm going to let uh, Sherry kind of go into her uh, final thoughts and impressions of this one. I have watched this four times since Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. And I like it. 
Okay, well, that, that's the end of that. Okay, well, I like mind it. <laughs> I like it. You see other people's reviews, but I don't ever really care about what other people think of movies. I kind of just go in and say I'm going to just judge it on my own. That's the best way to do it. To me, none of them will ever be as good as the first one. So just let them be what they are. I found it refreshing. Because how many movies can you have him walking around killing people and fighting with Lori? I just felt like it was, the difference was good to me. I think it was, a, it's going to be a little hard for people who have no depth to understand. Um, <laughs> where's Michael? Why is this not a Michael movie? The same reason why they hated Season of the Witch. Because yeah. he wasn't in it. Didn't mean it wasn't a good movie. No, no, it didn't. I could care less about these little gym bros or whatever, whoever they are. You worry too much about it. You know, I thought it was a good end for Michael because the only thing I cared about was that we got a good end for him. And yeah. it doesn't matter what else went on. I think a huge thing in this movie was that everyone is surrounded by evil. Yeah. In one way or another. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter, you know, that he's there or he's not. Because there's always going to be somebody that's a boogeyman. I thought it was interesting. Like, I think it was... They struggled a little bit probably because of time constraints. Trying to get across, the, you know, there was, was this supernatural. Was this... Was he actually charging up every time he killed and he gets stronger? Did he ever do that before? Not that I'm Not aware like of. this. Not that I'm aware of, no. But had he went like four years not really killing. But you remember you saw a missing poster on a billboard of a girl. Yeah. And it just kind of, they stood next to that billboard and it kind of homed in on it. And I wonder, could she have been somebody he killed? That's what I'm gathering. Like I said, I feel like they was probably missing people they never realized but they what didn't happened connect to it to him because it was just maybe very sporadic yeah it's kind of like it yeah. you know yeah the Corey story was a little bit you couldn't totally understand what they were getting at with him all the time yeah what do you mean by that i mean he's he's very different from michael but i guess the end game they really are the same well, there's something missing in them. There's something off with them. Did they relate to each other? Did they, did, you couldn't tell whether he was looking at Michael or Michael was looking at him or were they looking at each other? You don't know. There just was this little, I guess that's a normal horror movie. It's hard to get really deep into like psychology and, you know, like we were talking about, is someone born that way? Does something cause them? Did something in Michael's house cause him to be that way? Well, it's like I said, I mean, that's kind of thing. I mean, the question that I think we talked about during uh, the movie, was Corey's house like this before the incident right. or after? The original Halloween, you don't know why Michael snapped and killed his sister. There's never any indication given why that happened. Mm -hmm. Same way with Corey. Was this, was this uh, thing that happened what spurned him off or was he already mentally unbalanced and that right there just was the final nails in the coffin you i don't know. felt like when he was babysitting that little boy that little boy you seen little flickers of him being a little bit unstable yeah i could see that or very defensive very sensitive yeah because this is a kid yeah I thought it was interesting that they chose to spend more of the movie on a character that was a new character that, that was a bold choice. To be the last movie for Michael Myers and you don't have him in half the movie. The relationship with Allison and Corey was a little 
I guess what else kind of relationship could you have with a psycho? Mm. You know, or a crazy person. A, um, a toxic relationship. Yes. 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 I thought it was a good end for Michael. If you're going to end him, just do it in a way that you don't have any questions. A finality to it. Yes. Yeah. And the way they killed him, there's no way he could have survived. If he was really human. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they crushed his ass. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. They there's gra- no they, way. They ground him in, into meat. The yes. only thought process I had was, what if that wasn't him at all? What if he's still out there and he doesn't have his mask on? I feel so But I'm thinking it was. Yeah, it was him. It was him. They, I don't think they'll pull a Halloween resurrection again or something <laughs> like that. Well, somebody got down there and glued him back together and now oh. he's alive again. You know, there's some bullshit. I'm hoping they don't anyway. Oh, but no. I'll go and continue. I'm interrupted. But I, I thought it was a good end for 44 years of, I mean... He's 64, 65 nearly. They can't keep dragging him on, you know. He can't just keep going on with Michael Myers as he is. Well, he's Social Security age. That's right. He's he's going to be retiring soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, he should be. But, you know, sometimes you just can't retire. you got to keep working. He's retiring and moving to Florida. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, yes, exactly. But I thought, you know, this is a good end for Michael. Felt a little sad for him. I don't know if I was... Just sad that it's ending, or just sad for him? Probably sad that it's ending. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I would gather. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure he'd stab me to death. Mm, he, he or would... you would stab him to death, I think. is the. <laughs> I would worry more about him than you. Let me put it that way, because I would come in and his body parts would be all over the house. So, no, he would have to be protected. But I thought, you know, it's probably a good ending for Lori, too. Like, I was wondering if they were going to just kill them both. Well, they could have done it. They could have easily, when he strangled her, or, like, he could have just stabbed her in the neck or something real quick. I mean, I thought originally what could have ended up happening is Allison showing up, and Lori is dead, strangled on the floor dead, and Michael was dead, too. Yeah, so they both died. Yeah, I mean, they could have very easily did that. Um, I don't, I think fans would have hated that, though. Because, I mean, to me, I think after all Lori's been through, she needed to live and just have a peaceful life. Yeah, yeah and I hope her and Hawkins get together and they yeah. go into retirement yeah. happy. Yeah, there you go. I won't bash it. I, I really won't. Like, people who complain, they they have such high expectations, but is anything ever going to meet their expectations? Probably not. And that's the thing about it. I mean, to me, the sequels to Halloween have varied in quality, to put it mildly. The Rob Zombie ones, like for example, I've always said I can't watch because they're just very abrasive movies to me and I can't really watch them. But outside of that, the regular Michael Myers films and not the Rob Zombie ones, the worst one to me is Resurrection. But I can still sit down and watch that movie if I go past the first 10 minutes of it and just go into the film proper. (laughs) Because the stuff with Laurie Strode in it, I don't like. But after you get past that, I can watch the movie. But, you know, it's like I said, I mean, is there any of them I downright hate? No. I mean, the Rob Zombie ones I don't hate. They're just not for me. Yeah, they're not for you. They're not for me. I've never seen them. So I'm just like, you know, if you like them, hey, great, but not for me. But go ahead. I'm coming to the end of like, I just think that there's a lot of deepness that you can delve into this movie. Oh, this is a multiple viewings movie. Yeah. It is, because every time I saw it, I would see something else. Whether they meant for it to be vague, 
I don't know like where you I think sometimes I do leave it for interpretation yeah. like because so everybody can have their own thoughts on it and exactly. figured out I didn't read anybody else's reviews because I didn't give a shit because like YouTube I was trying to find the pieces to put into the podcast and you just anytime you typed in Halloween ends all their reviews the mm. reactors started with it and just I hate this movie blah, 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 you know and it's just like Oh, do you people like anything? No. Genre fans are the worst. Yeah. Like Star Wars fans, Lord of the Ring fans. That they are. That they are. Nobody can meet their expectations. And I don't even think they know what they want. They don't know what they want. Uh, you know, they could say, oh, like you could ask them, well, what would you have done instead? And they really don't know, probably. The proof to that, to me, was very clear. Those new Star Wars sequels came out. The first one... The fans bitched about it's just too much like the original Star Wars movie. Give us something different. <laughs> and then when the uh, Last Jedi came out, and it totally went against the grain of what the other one. That's too different. <laughs> Luke wouldn't do that and all that. We don't want that other. And I'm just like, yeah. I just want to strangle them. I know. Sometimes I'm just like, like get a life. Do you people even know what you want? That's uh, that's the low point to me yeah. in, in some ways. couldn't believe that when I was reading it because I thought The Last Jedi, I thought all those people complained about The Force Awakens. I was like, okay, well, this is different than that. Yeah. This is, and I was like, okay, you know, we're going on a different track here Yeah. and everything. And then, no, that's too different. And I'm just like, what do you want? I think if you're a fan, if you say you love something, just let it be. Embrace it and let it yeah. evolve. Yeah, let it have its bad parts, its good parts. Just let it be what it is. And let it evolve. Because it's, it's never, evolve. ever going to take away the original. Just let whoever, like, however they want to do the story. Would you rather live in a reality where you had no Michael Myers anymore? Well, there or... was that one briefly when Halloween 3 <laughs> came out, and they didn't like that. <laughs> Woo, the boy did not like that. <laughs> I like Season of the Witch. I was on the ground floor of that one when that movie came out in theaters because I remember going to the theater and seeing it and that was the big thing when everybody... I liked the movie when mm-hmm. I was a little kid. I, I mean, I guess in my head I already knew Michael Myers. I thought Michael Myers was dead so I was ready to move on. I had moved on from Michael Myers. Nobody else had. Oh God, I, even when I was a little kid I remember like, oh, I hate that movie. Michael Myers would need it. Even mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. And it took, and people are still like that to this day about that movie. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a good movie for what it is. I like it. I'm just a fan, and I, I'm i not going to bash it. It wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad either, in my opinion. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much Okay. Well, and that's your final uh, review of yep. it? Yep. R.I.P., Michael. Okay. I guess what we're going to do here, one to ten uh, pumpkins, one being the worst, ten being the best. Where does this one fall for you? Seven. A seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a pretty solid rating. Yeah. Pretty solid rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, better rating than probably some of these other people were. Oh, you know it. <laughs> That's for sure. Because <laughs> like I said, I didn't dig too much in them. I just seen just some brief little comments on like it was trash, it was garbage. Now, after we're done with this podcast, I'll probably start reading some of them later because I'm very curious to dig in yeah. and see if any of these people actually have, have something worthwhile to say. If they make a valid point, that's fine. To me, if it's just like, oh, it's garbage because Michael Myers is hardly in it, then well, next, move on. Move with on. them kind of reactors, the, the biggest point you need to know is they like the sound of their own voice. Well, and it's more fun to bash something yeah. than it is to like it. That's really what it is, too. Fuck them. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. So, 7 out of 10. Yep. Okay, well, that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. Okay, 
And my review here is basically, I guess I'm going to start out and I'm going to say something similar to you. This was a good closer to this uh, trilogy of movies. And a very surprising closer in that I kind of thought that it would all end on the same night. This is one that kind of felt like to me it was going to start on that Halloween on 2018 and end that following morning. I thought the last shots of this movie were going to be that following day. Yeah, but would they wouldn't have had time for Corey to well, go yeah, through everything. But it, it almost makes me wonder if maybe they were originally going to do that. And after the backlash on the previous movie, yeah. like maybe we ought to do something a little different. Boy, did they. And they, and they did. <laughs> Uh, and much to the chagrin of probably a lot of people. I mean, it just makes me wonder. I mean, I don't know the full behind the scenes things on this, but it does make me wonder if they walked in pitching this new trilogy saying it's all, all take, three take place in one night. Mm-hmm. But then after that second one, like, well, no, maybe we will do something else instead after yeah. that second one. I mean, I don't know. It just makes me wonder. I was just surprised. And I'm going to give a little background on what I've been doing recently to go into this. I've, I've read a number of Stephen King stuff here recently. And maybe it's because I've been reading a lot of Stephen King recently that I noticed a lot of Stephen King in this movie. Yeah. You know, like I said, the storm drain and it. Yeah. What happens? You're pulled into the storm drain, Pennywise yeah. kind of stuff. Christine, of course, you know, with the, the band tufts and the car. <laughs> and also kind of sometimes they come back. Because those kind of voice kind of reminded me of that, too. That was a Stephen King. I have a question about them girls running from that wrecker. This scrapyard is full of cars. You could have just went. Yeah, I know. Why don't you zigzag? Well, that would Go the other way. Everybody in movies does that. I don't know. That's what I would do, too. I guess maybe you can look at it like they're scared and they're not thinking and they're just wanting to try to get to an exit. I guess. Another one I watched recently, or a rewatch of a movie I watched in about 20 years, and I reread the story. It's in different seasons. It's called Apt Pupil. And this is basically a movie about a Nazi who is in hiding, and he is visited by this boy who knows who he is, and he wants to know what evil was. And as this Nazi is getting back into his thing, he gets stronger again. What does that remind you of what I was talking about in the movie where Michael starts killing mm-hmm. again and he gets stronger? Now, it ain't exactly like that, but I've seen little shades of that in there. Mm. Now, like I said, I wouldn't have probably picked that up, but I've just reread that story probably two months ago. And then I watched a movie again here recently. I saw Stephen King's review of Halloween Ends was good. Yeah, he seemed to like it. You think he saw his books in it? It could have been. It could have been. I don't know. It's just that really kind of jumped out at me. Yeah, I when I was, because uh, <laughs> I said, now maybe it's just because I've been reading a lot of King recently and that yeah. kind of just jumped out at me. I and, saw the Christine thing and the It thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wouldn't have known the other. Yeah. Um, but this movie felt very Stephen King-like in a way. I get it. It, it, it mm-hmm. felt very Stephen King. You know, the town had this corruption in it. You know, kind of like Salem's Lot had the Marsden house. Mm-hmm. And it's dairy. And, yeah. This ha- this one, of course, now the Myers house was gone, but it had that uh, house where the boy, uh, the boy, boy was yeah. the boy killed. So, you know, it just kind of had these shades of Stephen King. Now, like I said, maybe I'm reaching on this because I've read a lot of King recently, mm-hmm. but I don't know. i just seen a lot of that in there. And I just thought that was pretty interesting. But like I said, some people might listen. It's like, David, you're crazy. And maybe they're right. That might be a valid point. <laughs> I liked, uh, I know we kind of talked on this briefly, where it's kind of the nature versus nurture thing. Like, was Corey created or what did this just happen? I don't know. I mean, I'm still up in the air on that. I think that. he was created. 
I, I mean, I do too in some ways because I, I have it ordered, but it isn't here yet. I have the novelization of this movie coming. Hmm. And sometimes they dig into the background on stuff in scripts that what didn't yeah. make the film. And it yeah. makes me wonder if Phil dig a little bit more into hmm. his background. You'll have to that. tell me when you yeah. read it. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. It's just, it was a strange thing. And it makes me wonder if the filmmakers were maybe talking about things as on certain things, almost like the how to cancel culture is nowadays. I don't hmm. know if that was something or not. I, I don't think it is, but I could see where people would think that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not really 100% sure on that one because I think cancel culture is a little different of a thing than what was going on with Corey in this movie and even Laurie to a certain degree because I think it's a different thing, but I could kind of see if they were maybe trying to thread that through a little bit, but I don't really know myself. I mean, do you have any opinion on um, that? I wouldn't describe it as cancel culture. I don't know. It's just how people treated this kid. You know, even like you was talking about the convenience store person, like you, you gonna buy something, you know, basically like get out of my. I think it's that they that people, yeah, they want to just have somebody to blame. Well, that's that could be it too. Yeah, I mean that's why I don't think the cancel culture thing no, really it holds up. Fit. But yeah. I kind of thought, in a way, it kind of felt like it, but in mm-hmm. a way, it really didn't either. So I don't really know. I was kind of on the fence on that one. But I mean, I guess that's something you know. Maybe you would look at it and see it. Cancel cultures, most of the time, the person's guilty. They weren't guilty. But, you know, I think people just like to throw others up under the bus Mm -hmm. now. So you could be canceled for anything. They want to believe the worst in people. They would rather believe the bad in someone than the good. Well, that's it. That's that's exactly where I was kind of coming from on this. Because even the dad in this movie said to Corey that he knew, you know, mowed along. Good kid. Nothing that he seen wrong. But yeah. it was just, you know, when he finally seen him after that point, there was he something. Wasn't the same. He wasn't the same. Anymore. You know, like I said, is it nature or nurture? I mean, I guess you, it's a case by case basis on mm-hmm. that. And I did like how Corey Cunningham and Michael Myers, I never can say this word, alterative names. I can never say that word. Alterative. Their names start with the same letter. Oh, okay. Corey Cunningham, CC, Michael Myers, MN. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, too. I don't know if that was intentional or not. One of my issues, and this is going to go through the whole trilogy of these films, and this is kind of an issue I had, is just there was some inconsistencies of whether Michael was supernatural or was he a human. It's almost like they never could land on that with this, and that's kind of been one of my problems with this trilogy. I mean, it didn't, it's not a deal breaker or anything mm-hmm. for me. But it's almost, you know, because like how, what was it Laurie was saying at the end of Halloween Kills where it's like he's growing stronger, he is ascending. It's almost like that was a supernatural thing. But then it's like in this movie, oh, you're just a man. And I'm just, I don't know. I don't really, I can't. go back and forth. Yeah, and I can't really, I don't know. That makes me wonder if maybe originally there was a different third idea for a movie. They just didn't go that way. They just didn't do it. They didn't go that way. I don't know. And I just thought that was... And, I mean, they did kind of play into that a little bit, like with each kill, he grows stronger. So in this movie, you do look at, like, you know, when he makes that first kill and he's kind of, like, shaking. It's almost like he's feeling that power and that rage in Mm -hmm. him, and it makes him stronger. It's starting to make him stronger. So I don't know. I just really... um, I never could get a beat on that. You know, I guess, or maybe you could look at it, like, did the town make him more than what he was you know maybe their myth building of him maybe he was just human all along 
and maybe they projected this onto him and made him seem like he was more than he, he did was. jack some people up but yeah he did <laughs> so i mean i don't know i mean it's like i said that was one of the kind of the flaws i had with mm-hmm. this whole trilogy because you never did get a beat on that maybe that was intentional too i don't know but i kind of yeah. thought that they kind of played okay he's more than human he's supernatural but then, no he's just a man and no, no, he's supernatural. And I never could quite get a beat on that. Well, if you think about it, it's been 44 years. Of course, it's going to go all around yeah, the that's world. True. That's true. That's true. Just like I said, that was a, one of the things. I'm going to go into some, what you're saying, too. I mean, I have to admit, it's a bold move mm-hmm. to do a final movie that's not really Michael Myers focused for a lot of it. And I think that's what a lot of people are struggling with. Yeah. I mean, Michael technically don't show up till what? 30 minutes yeah. or more into this movie and it's mm-hmm. just very briefly yeah and he doesn't even make his first kill to about an hour into mm-hmm. it roughly give or take yeah that's a that's a bold move uh, and i'm all right for that even if i didn't like the movie i would say that's a bold move it's bold that's a bold move <laughs> and one of the things though and i will give this movie even more credit i love how the town of haddonfield is almost like a character in this movie because you see the people in it you kind of get to know where everything yeah. is and you get to know kind of the darkness of this town. Kept talking about infection. How Michael Myers was an infection in this yeah. town. And it mm-hmm. kind of poisoned this town. Like it was showing at the start of it where the couple that were shot. Yeah. No, they weren't. Everybody, oh, it's Myers, it's Myers. Yeah. Like, no, he didn't use he didn't a gun. He didn't use guns. And even the woman that committed suicide, who I think you are right. I think That's it was that boy's mom, mom. And her homage to him was that she was wearing a devil outfit. Yeah, and she hung herself. Yeah. So... What this man did is poisoning people's perception and it's making people, they just can't live with it and it's depressing them Mm -hmm. and killing them. So there's this town, but there's this infection and this kind of rot. But I just think, and that's one of the things that I really liked is they made Haddonfield a town Mm -hmm. and they made it a character in that you could almost, if you wanted to, now fans would not like this at all, you could set Halloween stories centric halloween stories in this town that would be non-michael myers stories you know maybe a supernatural story a ghost story or Mm -hmm. do something like that now fans would fucking hate that because (laughs) how dare you do a halloween Haddonfield film with no michael myers in it but i just i really like that i mean Mm -hmm. i really like that that that's kind of what they did and that's one of the things i liked about halloween kills and i wish they would have been able to do more of that halloween kills Mm -hmm. is like you know make the town even more of a character Mm -hmm. because that's really what that movie was supposed to be about anyway and i really uh, like i really liked that i love the air quotes funeral for michael myers yeah i don't know if people will like it or not i like how it was almost like this kind of symbolic ending and beginning for this town you know it ends this torment and this black cloud that's hung over this town Mm -hmm. and it's almost like okay after we put this person away maybe we can go for a fresh start now yeah and it's important for everybody to see that everybody to see that 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 there's nothing left of him yeah and there's nothing else there. there's no reason to fear him there yeah he's not a shadow anymore now let me ask you this and i was going to go into this and I thought, I was thinking about this even last night. Do you think this movie, with a little bit of tweaking, you didn't need them other two movies? You could have just had the original Halloween, Michael Myers disappeared, cut to this film 40-something years later. Lori's older. You know, she's been through a rough life trauma, but she's better now. She's had to raise her granddaughter because maybe her daughter and her 
and her husband died maybe in a mm-hmm. car wreck or something. You know, just something like that. Yeah. Michael Myers shows back up again. And I was thinking about that last night. I said, yeah, with a few minor tweaks, you don't even need them two of the movies. I agree. You know, I thought yeah. that was pretty wild because this and is... And I think this it would have hit harder. Because this is almost its own standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It might have even hit harder. It hit harder because she would have just, you know, kind of been living her life. And because it's just like every time she turned her head, she was running into him. Yeah. Throughout her life. But this would have been like almost like he was gone. Yeah. And then he show up and be her worst nightmare. You wouldn't have had all this uh, <clears throat> trauma right. thing that she mm-hmm. had. I mean, she'd already had it, but you wouldn't have seen it. it would have, right. She would have already been bypassed mm-hmm. it and everything. And I just I just wondered about that when I was watching it. And I was thinking about that last night. And I was like, yeah, you could just made a few little minor tweaks mm-hmm. here. And this could have just been its own thing outside of that. Yeah. You could watch the original Halloween and then watch this one. How would you have explained Corey, though? Same as you do. It's just Michael Myers has been gone. Maybe he has been in the sewer so all this time. Maybe he's been, you know, like I said, just killing people and just staying in the sewer and everything. And you could still did the Corey thing just like you did it now. I don't know. I just thought that was pretty wild when I thought about it because, yeah, you could just do that. Yeah, little minor tweaks. But like I said, and uh, I, and I do have to talk about that final fight. Tell us a brutal fucking fight. Badass. Badass. I mean, I love that fight. I mean, I know we kind of went into it talking about it, but yeah, I just love how... It was very unstylized. It was just really just intense and really... Freestyling. Yeah, down and dirty and very gritty kind of mm-hmm. fight. And I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that final fight. Like I said, it wasn't as crazy as what I had in mind when I did my... What I thought this movie was going to be. And I still have people comment on that when they listen to the episode we did on Halloween Kills. And they're just like... Because I remember I said... I had one guy says, David, you would have pissed off a lot of people if you had been responsible for, that final, responsible for the final movie. I said, yeah, probably so. That would have been the point, though. That would have been the point because I would have uh, stuck it to the nerds. You know, as they say, like he's band tufts. I would have did it then, just walked by and gave him all a wedgie. Because, oh, band tufts. And this is the last episode I'm going to be able to say band tufts. So I'm going to say band tufts one more time because I just, wow. And just uh, kind of wrapping it up on this, I mean, to me, I thought all the acting was good in it. I didn't really have any problem with any of the performances yeah. in it. I thought the characters were pretty well drawn out and you mm-hmm. kind of understood where that was coming from. I kind of agree with what you said that uh, Stephen King said about it. There was more of kind of a character driven mm-hmm. movie. And yeah. I agree with that. I think it this, the story was pushed by Laurie's story and Corey's at the same time mm-hmm. and how they were the same, but very different in a way because Corey succumbed to that darkness and Laurie did it. Yeah. She damn near did, mm-hmm. but she pulled herself out, yeah. pulled herself out of that uh, nosedive. And I don't know. It's just, I loved how it was shot. I thought it had some great cinematography. Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, like the scenes of like the radio station, the neon. I love the music in this. And the music. Well, Carpenter's score was really good. Well, I'm talking about just the music. And and the songs, too. Yeah. I mean, I thought the songs and the score were good. I don't know. It's just this, like I said, I mean, I don't, I guess to sum up on this uh, review, I don't understand what fans are looking for. I don't think they even know, like nope. you were saying. They just want to complain. Because I just find it funny that they bitched about Halloween kills. You know, they want Michael killing people and all this blood and mayhem mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And really, that's what that movie was for the most part. Yeah. 
I don't go into slasher movies looking for heavy plots. It's nice when they have them, but I don't go into them looking for that. And then they bitched about that movie. So then you go the opposite direction with something like this, and you're still getting your kills, but you're Mm -hmm. getting more of a story here. Mm -hmm. And they hate that, too. This is almost a recall of the Star Wars. Okay, we gave you this movie. Oh, you didn't like that. This is what you mm-hmm. want. Okay, we're going to give you something that goes against the it grain. still isn't what you want. And this is still not what you want. <laughs> so I just had to, you know, the, the fans, they're like that. I'm just like, what do you want? Well, and I guess I've done this to myself to get too quick to judge when you've only seen it one time. When you're so heightened, when you go see something, yeah. you're excited. You don't take it all in. Well, now, you need multiple viewings. You did that with uh, Godzilla, yes. the King of the Monsters. But now it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because I still remember we that movie was over, and the first thing you said to me, I don't like that. And I literally deflated like a balloon, because I was so jazzed about that. Oh, called the divorce lawyer. Yeah, I was like, well, we'll, we'll get the divorce papers filled out when we get home, man. But yeah, you came around to that on your second yes. viewing. Yeah, you I watched it more, and I thought, well, this is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, to me, I enjoyed it. checked all the Godzilla boxes for me. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I, I don't go into a Godzilla movie looking for David Mamet-esque, you know, crisp dialogue. I don't go into it looking for plot complexities. I want to see Godzilla smashing shit. Right. And fighting uh, King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Ghidorah, whatever you call it. That's what I want. In the Michael Myers movies, I go in looking at them as a slasher movie. Now, yeah. you give me a little bit more of that, I'm good. You know, and to me, you still got the slasher goods in this movie. How much more do you need from him? But it just took things on a different angle. Yeah. And it showed how this town was corrupted and it corrupted mm-hmm. somebody else i don't know i don't get what the fans hate about this movie but i'm going to put this out there right now right in if you want to right in or you can post comments on our facebook page mm-hmm. i want to know why if you're a fan that hates this movie why this movie was so unacceptable yeah. to you you know i don't care if you write me a term paper you know, I'm willing to listen because, like I said, I have no problems. If, if you come to me, not just like, oh, Michael wasn't hardly in it. This is garbage. That's not enough to get me to care no. about your review. Come in to me telling me, okay, I didn't like this beat. I didn't mm. like this point. I didn't like this point. I didn't mm-hmm. like this point. I'll be like, okay, well, that's valid. The movie yeah. just didn't work for you. That's fine. Mark. But if you just come into me like, oh, Michael was hardly in it. Or, oh, I thought Allison was stupid because she went with this idiot or something like that. I'm just going to be like, sorry, dude. You know, or do that. Uh, yeah i just don't uh i can't uh i can't get behind that but like i said to do my wrap-up wrap-up that's uh you know like i said i mean overall i thought this was a good ending and i'm gonna bring it back down in that circle kind of tighten a bow i thought they i don't know where they're gonna go from here because i know there's gonna be more halloween movies there's yeah. no way there won't be. There's too much money. Yeah, there's too much money. Now, where they're going to go, I have no idea. You know, because they've already got three alternate timelines in the Halloween series. So, I'm not going to be shocked if we don't see a fourth or a fifth. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really know. I mean, I think there's at least three. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong on my number on that. But, like I said, I mean, I don't know where they're going to go. But, like I said, if for some strange reason there are no more Halloween movies, I think this is a good way to cap it off. Well, I mean, Jason ain't doing it. Freddy ain't doing it anymore, so... Well, Jason ain't made none because of a lawsuit. Yeah, Michael's been carrying it. Yeah, and Freddy, I think after that remake didn't do well, they've kind of been just like, "Mm." Mm. Yeah, that remake was pretty wretched. (laughs) Um, 
but the only reason there's no Friday 13th movie is because there's been a big lawsuit that I think they're trying to clear up now, but that's the only reason. But like I said, outside of that, I think that's going to be pretty much it on my review of this one. And um, um, long live the queen, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Like I said, everybody was great in this movie. She was so good in yep. this movie. I yep. love to see the advancement of her character in this movie. One of my favorite scenes in this movie was nothing to do with Michael Myers, was nothing to do with any killing. My favorite scene in this movie was the scene with her and Corey in that house. Yes. And where she was sitting in that chair. Just leaning back. I loved that scene so much. Mm-hmm. I know I watched the movie this morning before we recorded, and I was so looking forward to looking at that scene mm-hmm. again because I just thought it was so well done, so well acted, and she was so good in that scene. Because I think she understood the importance of getting to him. Yeah. Because... If she did the wrong thing, you could have another Michael on your hands. Yeah. And but she, she needed to protect her granddaughter. Yeah, she was trying to be civil, but you could feel her getting more tense as the conversation went on. Because he didn't want to turn loose at Allison. You could tell that that was going to be a... Yeah. That's why I think she knew he was going to come for her. And I just loved that scene so much. Yeah. I, I mean, that was like my... It was great. That was my favorite scene in the movie. No furniture in the house and nothing, just an empty house. It's just her in, in yeah. a chair leaning mm-hmm. back. Yes. And him sitting in a floor. Yeah. I, I mean, I really like that scene. Yeah. That was my favorite scene in the movie. I guess, like I said, I'm going to finally shut up. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'm going to go into my review or my final th- uh, final rating. Yes. Yes. I was about, uh, you already been talking yeah, forever. Yeah, no, I, was, I got my words jumbled up in my head because I, I had it written down here what my rating was and I was sitting there looking at something else. But I was like, no, I already said that. <laughs> Um, okay, and my rating, I guess, uh, we're going to do 1 to 10 uh, pumpkins, mm-hmm. 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a strong 8 on this Ooh, one, a very okay. strong 8, very close to 9. I could have went 8. Very close yeah. to 9 on this one. It almost hit a 9. It almost hit a 9, but it's a very strong high 8 on this. Yeah. It's an 8 plus, let me put it that way. <laughs> Outside of a few minor issues I have with this movie... Just very minor things. I had really no problem with it. It didn't bother you he wasn't in it? No. It didn't bother me either? No. No, because I was invested in the story around everybody else, Mm -hmm. too. Me, too. I mean, I will say this. If the Corey story didn't work, this movie would have collapsed. Would have floundered. It would have collapsed. To me, I thought the actors were good. I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, they played off each other well. I thought he did a good job with his part. Because not only were they doing an end for Michael, they were doing an end for all of them. Yeah, I mean, to me, if you weren't in, if the Corey part of it didn't work, then this movie would have just collapsed. Yeah, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have it stood wouldn't, up. It wouldn't have worked at all. And I think that was the key ingredient mm-hmm. on what made this work. Because I'm a person I don't mind a fresher angle or trying something different. Mm-hmm. Even if you fail at it, I'm going to be like, well, you gave it a try. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and like, you know, you dumb shit. You know, mm-hmm. how dare you try to... No, I mean, to me, I don't really try to do that. And like I said, I mean, this, this is a strong, solid eight for me. It's like I said, it's almost, it almost hit a nine because I like that they took some chances with mm-hmm. this one. Even though I still do feel like it originally, this was supposed to have been a sequel different, to, uh, different yeah. than this one. Mm-hmm. But I thought this one still worked pretty well. Yeah. But like I said, uh, I guess and we are finally going to wrap up Halloween Ends. Yes. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. And if the people are listening to this that didn't enjoy the movie, I'm sorry. 
you know, um, maybe the next movie will be Michael Myers just walking around stabbing people for 90 minutes yes. to appease you. <laughs> you know, and I know I'm jabbing at the Michael Myers fans out there, but maybe that's mm-hmm. what they want. Just Michael Myers walking up one man, stab it, walk up to another well, one, stab why it. Why did it have to be Michael? Corey was doing that. Yeah, but they want Michael. They want Michael. Okay. Yeah. Nobody else is allowed to stab anybody? They're okay. not a Halloween movie. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry you don't like it. Better <laughs> off next time. But uh, I guess uh, we're going to wrap everything up here. Yeah. Um, stop by the Facebook page. Leave any uh, comments or questions or, or anything like that there. Go to the Movie Clinic uh, page. Uh, yeah. You can download the episodes there. Yep. Or we're on most of the... Uh, podcast apps you know mm-hmm. uh pod bay uh of course we're on anchor yep. and uh player fm i think we're on uh, pretty much about all of them and of course you can drop us a line at our email which is the movie clinic at gmail.com and mm-hmm. that's t-h-a not t-h-e for the movie clinic and if you have any recommendations on, recommendations or even thoughts on this movie we'd love to hear it i mean positive or negative i would like to hear them because i'm very curious I want to hear the in-depth reviews, good or bad, because, this I mean, just a little bit that I've seen, like I said, I didn't dig very deep, but the, the hate for this movie yeah. was very surprising. Very strong. Strong with these yeah. mothers. Yeah, the dark side is strong with them, that's for sure. <laughs> and I would just like to know. I mean, to me, I, ain't gonna, I don't fault people if they don't like something, but I need more than, oh, I don't like it because Michael isn't in it. Like I said, I mean, and I'll end that on that cheerful note. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I, what we'll do is uh, we will see you again soon. Yes, and we're dropping this on Halloween Day, so happy Halloween. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah. Eat as much as candy as you want today because it's, you know, it's just one day. Yeah, it's just one day, so you can make yourself fat if you want. <laughs> you know? But uh, on that note, uh, we will talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.